Four minutes past four. It's... Wait a minute, where are we? Tuesday? I don't know what day it is. What day is it? Wednesday. <laughs> Couldn't remember. Where did Tuesday go? Tuesday vanished very fast. And uh, Wednesday looms, so tomorrow... Oh, tomorrow's Thursday, that's right, because we're talking to Steve Coogan tomorrow. And I think Chris Tarrant, because I want to ask him about this decision uh, to quit... I'm a celebrity... Not I'm a celebrity... What's it called? Celebrity something. I'm a millionaire, that's right. Um, and he's decided to stop. Whether it's, it's age or he just thinks it's run its course, I don't know. We shall find out tomorrow when we have a chat to Chris Tarrant. Anyway, nice to be company. Nice to be company this morning. It is cold out there. It is very, very cold out there this morning. In fact, somebody said to me as we were coming... In fact, and also, oh, actually, even before I forget about the cold, avoid the Hogarth roundabout. Because what they've done, if you're coming from Richmond, you get to the Hogarth roundabout, we know it's closed... And then you, so you would normally come down the little side road and then you go right and then you head down to Hammersmith. They've closed that off as well. They've closed that off. So we had to, you then have to go left as if you're now heading up to the M4. It's a right pain, it really is. And then we had to do a right and then come back through Hammersmith and Chiswick. Chiswick and Hammersmith. And then uh, connect back onto the bottom of it there. But it's, it's very inconvenient. There's nobody working. I don't see anybody working on the thing at all, which is very, very annoying. Anyway, uh, aside from that... Uh, so I shall pass on your uh, your things to Duncan, which is nice, which is nice. Thank you for, for thinking about him, which is good. Catherine Jenkins says she sleeps with her eyes open, which reminded me that Liberace sleeps with his uh, eyes open as well. But he, he slept with his eyes open because he'd had so much cosmetic surgery that he couldn't actually close them. And apparently it was slightly disconcerting. If you see the film Behind the Candelabra, you'll notice that when Scott turns over, he thinks he's awake. And of course he's not because he starts snoring. Uh, I love the the telly teacher who has revealed he faces a giant death trap at work. He's allergic to school. We had a woman the other day who was allergic to going to work. Well, she wasn't allergic to going to work. She was allergic to actually doing anything at all because she has an allergy with shoes. She couldn't wear shoes for some particular reason. I can't remember why it was, but she couldn't remember. She couldn't wear shoes, couldn't wear slippers, couldn't wear just about anything at all, I'm afraid, really. 84850, steve at uk. Kim Kardashian is keen to bear all. I wish the Kardashians would just go away. I'm so bored with them. I can't quite work out what their appeal is. Uh, I can't see anything. They don't appear to be particularly pleasant. But there's a new episode of Keeping Up with the Kardashians, filmed before the June arrival of Baby Daughter. And Kim says, I just want to come out to the world like naked and be like, you look so hot, I'm back. Oh, right. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't think anybody's really interested, actually, I'm afraid, in something like that. I'm certainly not remotely interested in anything the Kardashians do. But I suppose somebody somewhere might be interested. Uh, Noreen says, I- I've read that St Albans is hosting a massive Christmas market, virtually the first three weeks in December. Sounds great, except the press release says there's lots of parking in St Albans. Blowed if I know where it is, she says. I saw Chantelle Houghton was spotted again by the press, went out with her toddler. How lucky the photographer happened to be there. And uh, had to laugh at you taking the Michael out of the producer's jeans. This was yesterday. Today he threatened to wear red, because he has two colours. He has blue, and he has red, and then he has the... Sky blue. In fact, actually, they are the nearest thing to the lighting in the studio. These blue jeans. And so I looked at them, and apparently they're new. They're new, which was really bizarre. And you're quite right. When we had Alex Jensen, Nick Lester used to read the sport. And Nick Lester used to shop in Zara. And Zara do a whole range of coloured jeans. They do yellow, blue, pink... They do everything. There's all these different colours in jeans. And Nick Lester used to wear them. And I remember thinking, 
I want a pair of those. I want a pair of those, because they look so good on it. And I thought, I'll wear skinny jeans. So I went to Zara in Kingston, and I'm browsing through, and I'm looking... I saw the jeans straight away, because Nick Lester was wearing them. I thought, I like those. I, don't, I didn't like the blue ones he had on yesterday. I mean, there was something about... Something about it didn't go with any of the rest of the outfit. You know, either you're going to dress up like somebody off Peppa Pig, or you're not going to bother at all and look like half a Zippo circus, but only, you know, from waist downwards. So I go to Zara, and I look at all these jeans, and I thought, I'll buy them. Well, do you know, they don't do my size waist. <laughs> I'm, I'm considered uh, a bit too fat for Zara. They only go up... Well, they, they went up, I think, to a 34. Well, there's no way under God's earth I'm ever going to get a size 34 on at all. It's very nice if you're, if you're a skinny Mary, but I'm, I'm not. I'm sort of... I'm a hefty hideaway, so there's no chance we put them on. I was quite disappointed. I went home thinking, perhaps they just don't make them yet, but if I push them, they might make them. No, they don't make them, I'm afraid. So you're quite right. It was lovely to hear your producer speak on the extra, says Noreen. Yes, I'm trying to curtail. We don't. The trouble is, I don't want to build up the part, you know, because he's 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 going to st- he's taking bookings for pantomime and stuff like that now, and voice. And I think what he's doing, I think he's making a voice track tape, so that he can then sort of say say to the manager, "Listen, when Steve goes away, I c- I could do the show." And to be honest with you, I mean, I'm not I'm not over keen. I'm not over keen. He's not here for Christmas. He's going away to go and sit in a paddy field or something in Malaysia, which he's quite looking forward to. But actually, I've got another friend who does that. Who's a, who's a television actor, and he likes going out there and going native. He wears, um, you know, a, not a sari, like a male version of a sari. He said, and I just sit in the middle of a paddy field on a house on stilts. He said, I absolutely love it. So anyway, so you might hear him speak a little bit later on. I had a bit of a contretemps this morning with the mince pies. I don't want to make such a big issue about it. But I bought in the mince pies, which they've raved about this year as being the Christmas mince pies. They're made by Heston Blumenthal, and they're spiced mince pies with orange. And so Rupert Barty's eaten two. And uh, I haven't had one this morning, mainly because I don't feel 100%. I might, I might all of a sudden keel over this morning, so just, just be warned, just in case it goes very quiet. I might just sort of keel over. And, um, and I looked at them, and it's only recently... I only looked at this particular box of mince pies because it said comes with the dusting sugar, this orange or tangerine dusting sugar, which I'd never noticed before. So we empty out the box and blow me down, there it is. So you dust them with this thing, and then uh, Duncan said to me, oh, I said, it's fantastic, it's got orange peel and everything. And they don't look like mince pies, they just look like something from, from Victorian times, which is, uh, which is lovely. Now, Dawn told me about James Arthur, she sent this in the, the other day, and uh, he's got to number two, which is good news. But the papers have said not good news, because they were expecting him to be number one, but he didn't make number one. It's called You're Nobody Till Somebody Loves You. Uh, next couple of weeks, interesting. Matt Cardle has got his album out. I heard a single off Matt Cardle's album the other day. It's very good, but I, I raved over the last album. And so uh, Dawn has pre-ordered both of them. She said, hope you had a good weekend and the weather didn't cause too much trouble. It didn't, but I did notice yesterday there was a few trees down around our way. And that was about the only thing that I noticed yesterday. There wasn't, I didn't notice anything else. I didn't watch, did I watch any television? No, I went to pick the car up yesterday. I've got to go and collect a friend of mine from the airport, and there's no way that I would have got her and her luggage into the little tiny car that they uh, that they gave me. Nice though it was, you know. But a friend of mine said, "Why don't you buy one of these little cars as well? So when you come into town, you've got it's easy to park." And I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking, do I want to buy a little car to go alongside the big car? And I thought, I might. I might treat myself to a little car as well. Have to be a little cheap car, like a little smart car or something like that, so that you can park it. Because we went to the Magic Circle Dealers Day on Saturday, 
which was up in, in Hoburn, it was dead easy to park the car. I mean, it was, it was absolutely dead easy to park the car. So I, I was quite pleased, actually. Quite pleased. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Uh, I got one in from uh, Daisy, who says, uh, I love your programme. Uh, I really like the old movies, but I'm trying to find a copy of a 1999 Unexpected Mrs. Polyfax with Angela Lansbury. Have you tried... Um, I've never even heard of it, actually. Never even heard of it. Uh, it's obviously an old VHS and transferred to DVD. Have you tried Amazon.com? Because Amazon.com is the American version, and they do a load of films over there that you can't get here. In fact, if, if, you, if you've got a machine that plays all the different regions, then it's, it's well worth going to Amazon.com. That might be, the, uh, might be the one for you, I think. So try it. And that's the only thing. I've never even heard of the film. Unexpected Mrs. Polyfax. Ever heard of it? With Angela Lansbury. It's only 1999, so it's not that long ago. Can we try and... We're going tr- to see if we can find it, actually. We're going to have a quick look now. Producer's put his best fingers on the keyboard, so that's at least a start. At least he's not wearing those ghastly trousers. Oh, we found it quite quickly, actually. We found it very quickly. And uh, 1999, and... But can we buy it? Can you buy the thing? Wait a minute. Um, oh, wait a minute. We, we might. We might be getting near. We might be getting near. Ah, we found it. Yeah, we found it to rental from Blockbuster. That's not much use, is it? Because I think Blockbuster's just gone under again. Mind you, perhaps they'll have an old copy. Perhaps they'll have an old copy that they can rent or buy on DVD. But it's, is it on Amazon? Oh. It's obviously a book, isn't it, I suspect? So we're hunting for it, but so far... Not having too much luck, I'm afraid. Nice to see the people on the television this morning all wearing their poppies correctly. We got a bit worried about that the other day, didn't we? Catherine Jenkins is... Uh, Bye, Jove. Um, out with the uh, celebrity chef Raymond Blanc. Huge chest. All of a sudden, Catherine Jenkins' chest has got uh, very big. We found it on... Oh, dear. No, we haven't... We, we found books, but we haven't found anything else, I'm afraid. Only books. I don't know what it is, but it looks quite interesting. I do like Angela Lansbury. Big fan of Angela Lansbury. Not over keen on uh, Murder, She Wrote, but I quite like it. It's currently unavailable. Oh, there you go. Another avenue of pleasure denied us. So you're not going to be getting that one anytime soon. But you can all, you just put out uh, put out feelers, and eventually somebody will say, "I've got a copy on VHS, and I've still got a machine that plays VHS. I can play VHS or DVDs, and I've got machines that play every region. So that that's quite good because somebody very kindly sent me some lovely Christmas films some years ago, and they were all from Canada. And uh, and originally I couldn't play the blasted things and I pushed the right button on the machine and blow me down. Up it came. Quarter past four, it's Steve Allen's early breakfast, LBC 97.3. Morning, every 18 minutes past four. Another Christmas is coming, Alison says. Uh, she's in Ryslip. Is there any news on the Christmas schedules? Yes, they've put the Christmas schedule together. I'm here Christmas Day, Boxing Day between seven and ten. And I think on New Year's... New, it might be New Year's Eve, 7 till 10, and New Year's Day. I can't, there's two days in each week where I'm 7 till 10, so, uh, but I'll, I'll tell you nearer the time. But anyway, I'm here over over just another working day, whilst the producer's sitting in a paddy field in a house on stilts, eating rice with his fingers. You know, the rest of us here will be tucking into turkey and things like that. He might, he might be having turkey as well, actually. Turkey curry sounds very nice at the moment. I could quite eat a turkey curry. Um, Nick Ferrari this morning. A squatters, again, the squatter story, takes over Britain's most expensive council house to highlight inequality in the property market. Nick will be asking, do they have a point? And why has Jamie Oliver banned his kids from having mobile phones? 
I suppose, well, in fact, he's actually said he doesn't want them to have a mobile phone because he doesn't want them to be bullied over it. Which is quite interesting, isn't it? Because a lot of people have, have their mobile phones and they, uh, they use them sensibly. But most kids at that age seem to have them. They seem to have them. Um, Pat says, uh, I really like Alan Titchmarsh, but the programme is dreadful now. Oh, see, I like Alan. I do like him. Two silly so-called pet experts dressing up dogs. The only saving grace, says Patsy, was the wonderful Michael Feinstein. A lovely and talented man. Yes, he is. He's very underrated. Very, very underrated. I got a bit excited the other day. That there, were, there were treats up in the office. No, 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 no trick. Well, not by the time we got in. They'd all blooming well gone. It was just a, it was just that tin of toffees, was it? What was that? To, was that to celebrate something? What was it to celebrate? Anything just to celebrate the fact that Miller had bought a box of celebrations? Oh right, the time we get in, they've all gone. I mean, there's about hundred of them up there. I saw, I saw, I saw the tin. I thought, oh, exciting. Rattled it, completely empty, completely. Empty. Mind you, we've, we've got the mince pies this morning. Do you want to try one of them? You try one of them. Do you want to try it? Because these are the mince pies. These are the Heston Blumenthal Blumenthal mince pies that. Um, Good housekeeping, rated as the best mince pie. And we haven't got a copy of Metro from yesterday, have we? Is there a copy of Metro anywhere? Because in it was a complete Christmas list of the best mince pie, the best turkey, all different places. Nobody, you know, nobody got the whole, the whole shebang. It was all, it was all different. But the best mince pies went to Heston, and they're these spicy ones. They don't look like a mince pie. There's no top on them, but they've got orange peel in. They're quite nice, aren't they? They're actually, they're, they're almost like a Victorian treat. It says you can heat them up. I don't know whether... But I think having them with custard would spoil them, but they, but they are nice. I had two yesterday. Oh, my God. Actually, I might have had three. I'll tell you, I might have had three. That's why I'm not feeling too good this morning. I might have had three of them. Anyway, um, tomorrow we're going to be talking about Philomena. Now, this was the film that I went to see the other day with uh, Charlie Girling, who's our head of entertainment, and it's the story of a woman who gets pregnant... Uh, it's, uh, she, she goes into a, a nunnery, for want of a better description, and basically they sell her, her baby. And it's, it's very harrowing, very harrowing. It's a true story, and it's her 50-year quest. It's, I mean, you go, if you go on to uh, Wikipedia, the whole story is mapped out there, including the ending, everything, so I'm sure, which I'll should probably tell you a bit later on, because it's so good. In fact, we actually, we ruined the end of uh, Titanic, I'm afraid. We had to tell people the other day that, in fact, it did, it did sink. And then uh, Mary Poppins, she does leave the kids at the end. And then The Sound of Music, they do walk over the Alps at the end, or wherever it is they're walking. And, of course, the great line from that is Christopher Plummer had to carry the fat child. And at the end of filming, they went, OK, can we do that again? And he went, you are bloody joking. I'm not carrying that fat child anymore. So they didn't, which is good. Uh, anyway, um, somebody says here, this is, this is Randolph. A very good Irish name. The old Mahoney there. The old Mahoney's a bit of an Irish name. Randolph doesn't exactly sound to it. And then obviously can't make up his mind because at the end of it, he's P. Russell. So you obviously know, I've got the faintest idea who he is or where he's coming from. But uh, he, uh, he says here, you revealed all the story. Lost son is dead, was gay, etc. It's a book that came out in 2009. And, and then for some strange reason he says, did you underlined? Oh, I think so is a slight mental illness. Uh, things underlined. Did you read all the books published in 2009? I did, yes, that they were made into films. Of course I did, that's what I do for a living. So anyway, he, uh, he says here, I've ordered the DVD of Philomena. I hate, to, I hate to tell you, Randolph or Percy or Patricia or whoever you are, I've got no idea, perhaps you're a sex change, darling. I don't, I don't really know. I'm going to have to pass your letter on to Fox. And the reason is, 
that the film isn't available on DVD. So I don't know what the hell you've ordered, Sweet Pea. The film isn't even out at the cinema yet. It doesn't come out until November the 1st. So I'm going to put it on because I have a sneaking feeling that you're probably going to a cinema and you're going to film it and then you're going to sell it. So I think you're a pirate and so I'm going to pass it. I hope you don't mind. I've got your address here. I've never heard of this particular one. Where is that one? Is, is that, I've never heard of that email address. Orange. What's that? Is that, is that Orange the phone company? Is it? Oh, they, they do stuff like that. I'm going to pass it on. I know you won't mind, Randolph. I, 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 did, I did read it to the producer this morning, so I'm terribly sorry that I'm going to have to pass it on, because I think you're probably one of those people involved in, in pirating. But I love the idea. I mean, you're, you're obviously quite a few sandwiches short of a picnic, dear, when you say you've ordered the DVD, because it's, it's not available to order or pre-order at the moment, uh, because it's not even at the cinema. So uh, that's how I knew that you were a few sandwiches short of a picnic. So I, I suspect... Anyway, I'm sure that they'll, they'll be in contact. They have very active... Uh, Active lawyers. I'm sure that they'll be in contact with you very shortly. Uh, good news for the uh, for the charts. Uh, Karen says, "Are you turning on the Christmas light?" I'm not this year. I'm not this year. It was a big decision, but uh, this year I'm not. I think the local vicar's turning on the lights. But I tell you what, if you're driving through Knightsbridge, Harrods have put all their lights up. The outside, all the windows, all round the windows, and this huge erection on the front, which is there, the biggest tree you've ever seen. I mean, it's it's. Quite impressive. Quite impressive. And that's covered in the same lights. And I can't remember if it's the same lights they had last year. It's certainly bright. It's very, very bright and very nice. But it's obviously there because as we head into November, I'm assuming, 1st of November is when your lights go up. That's when stuff goes up and that's when... um, I was looking at trees yesterday because all the garden centres around my way, squires and... I haven't been to knock cuts yet at Staines. I I might do them later. But they've all got all their... Christmas section, where they sort of get rid of all the gardening shebang, and they put in the Christmas stuff. And I love it. I did buy a set of lights yesterday. I can't, I cannot resist lights in boxes. Don't ask me why. It's an addiction. I'm ill. But these are battery lights, but they last for, they said, uh, 30 days outside. So you put in three AA batteries, and you can either get lights which are, I think, 15... 46, 93, 304, whatever it is, loads of them. And you just put the batteries on, then you can drape them over your bush outside, which is, you know, if you're lucky enough to have a bush out, you might not have a bush or a tree or something like that. And they're batteries. You don't need to worry about power being fed all over the place. But I can't resist buying them. They're about 20 quid for 96, which seems okay for me. Luckily, I've got loads of batteries anyway, so I'm, I'm quite good with things like that. And I love it. I've still got lights in boxes from 10 years ago, which I've not opened because I just got excited. And they've changed over the years. Christmas lights are now so brilliant and so wonderful that you look at them and you think you don't need to replace bulbs anymore. You can still buy Christmas lights where you've got little bulbs. You check. But, I mean, as every single set is different, my first ones that I bought... What were the first ones I bought? I think they were called... It was certainly the first controller I'd ever bought for a set of lights, and I bought them in Harrods. And they were called Fantasy Lights. And the fantasy was that you could plug in five sets of lights into the control box. And they were, they were bulbs, you know, little tiny bulbs, obviously. And you could have them chasing. They did different colours. Fa- so I bought the five sets of lights and the box. The whole thing came in at whatever, £100 or something. I can't remember what it was. It was years ago. And then gradually the bulbs got broken and I had difficulty finding them. Then I found a company in Devon who supplied the bulbs because it was, they were 4B or something, whatever it was. And so I did that. And then the last I heard of them, they were stuck under the bed in a box. I haven't used them for years because now everybody uses these little bulbs, which are the LEDs, so they don't run out. And I've now got LEDs that change colour, three different colours in the one LED. So it goes from red to blue to green and then back to red again. Terribly boring. Because uh, I quite like white and red. 
And blue lights, I think, are really, really quite exciting, especially in the snow. So I've started buying the Christmas lights, and I know damn well I'm going to go back to the garden centre and buy some more of them. Because I want them in the car, and I'm not sure what the law is about having Christmas lights on the back shelf of your car. I looked at another car the other day. They're very keen for me to change mine. I'm not wild about changing it. But uh, this this other one is in blue. It's like a, a dark, purpley kind of blue. And it's it's quite nice. It's got no um, side lights. It's just twin headlights on the front. But it's all the bits are chrome. So it's chrome on the front, chrome wheels, chrome door, quite clearly chrome door handles. But it, it does look particularly good, actually. And I was looking at it thinking, do I need to change the car for Christmas? And I'm thinking, it's quite nice. But it's also got a blind at the back. You push a button and a blind comes up over the back window. I've never seen that before. I was very excited. Very, very excited. Um, sorry to hear you having car problems. Says No, it's all right now. It's had its service. I've had the wheels... Whatever they, they, I think they call refurbing. They refurb the alloys. He says, we took Lorraine's little Fiat 500 in for a service last Saturday. Whilst we were in the area, we decided to go shopping in Romford. Jumped on a bus to travel around five stops. I can't remember the last time I got on one. I said to Lorraine, it's got to be around a pound. Two pound forty it is now. <laughs> it's awful, isn't it? It's like me paying to go to the cinema. I've got no idea. When I went to the cinema, it was three and sixpence. You know, and you've got a good seat. And if you if you were lucky, I can have an ice cream or a Miffy or something like that. Now it's like 15 quid to go to the cinema. So I don't go to the cinema that often. I go to all the previews because it's free. And they give you croissant, orange juice. Well, I don't drink the orange juice because that would kill me. So I, I don't even have the croissant now. And, uh, and, and, and going to the theatre, I mean, it's quite an expensive business. Anyway, the Remembrance Sunday Parade will be taking place soon, says Neil. Remember last year? When Lorraine and I went to see my dad marching with the RAF regiment, just as he was approaching us, she slipped off the walk, twisted her ankle, fainted, and we missed him. Only Lorraine, he says. Anyway, he's been asked to go up to Whitehall again, and I've told her no climbing. No climbing. Uh, 84850-stevedlbc.co.uk. Thank you for the, uh, for the last bit as well, which is quite nice. Uh, it's never been released on DVD. This film, this is the, uh, the unexpected Mrs. Polyfax. It turns out she's an ordinary woman, as I, as I remember the story a second ago, and she inadvertently joins the CIA or something. So it's a bit of her sleuthing again. Uh, never been released, but from time to time it gets shown on Turner Classic Movies, which uh, I am aware of. It says, uh, I had a quick look. It isn't on next month, and I can't search beyond that, but hopefully it will be shown beyond the, uh, the next six months. Thank you, Steve, very much indeed. Somebody might even have a copy of it. You never know. Somebody might have a copy and they might sort of, you know, run one off for it. It sounds like they were all different books, I've realised. They were a bit like the Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins in the park. Mary Poppins in the kitchen. Mary Poppins goes out shopping. You know, all that usual kind of stuff. Uh, and then it all got amalgamated into the one film. And they've, so for the film on uh, on that one, Steve, which is Mrs. Mrs. Polyfax, it's all the books combined into one thing. It sounds, it sounds like a forerunner, really, to Murder, She Wrote. Anyway, if you just joined us, it's Steve Allen's Early Breakfast. It's LBC 97.3. And the time now is 4.30. Morning, everybody, 29 minutes to... Fi- you think, what, Sunday, do you? Oh, all right. Let's have a quick check, actually. 10th of... Uh, and, uh, I don't know what it is now. I can't remember. Blast well read this. What day, what's the, what day of the week do you think it is? Sunday. Oh, right. Oh, yes, that'd be nice, actually. I could do... Thank you. I'm talking to myself there. <laughs> Spend most of my life having conversations by myself. Anyway, it's nice to have your company this morning. It's LBC 97.3. Uh, the answer is yes. Yes, thank you very much indeed. Uh, Barbara's in Barbados. She says, I'm so glad I missed the storms in London. Temperature here, 29 degrees at the moment. And the evenings, 
Uh, 23, which makes for fab evenings by the pool sipping champagne. Love to darling Noreen. Her trip to Blackpool sounded such fun. I remember all change at crew. Babs has got the Bentley Continental. I might change it. I don't know. Should I change the car for Christmas? I don't know. I'm not too sure. Anyway, enjoy yourself in Barbados, Barbara. I'm sure it's absolutely wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. On the subject of poppies, we were talking poppies the other day. And uh, Austin Reed have pinned poppies onto all the clothes, says Mavis, being shown in their window displays. My son saw it at Blue Water and wrote to the management congratulating them on the gesture. They wrote back immediately saying it was the same in all their branches this year and was a corporate decision. I hope other companies follow suit. If not this year, then think about it for the future. Go on, Cordings. You do the next one. You do that. You've got absolutely the right windows for putting poppies on all the... I think everybody should do that. That would be a brilliant idea. What a brilliant idea. I like that one, Mavis, a lot. I'm going, going for that one. So I'm, I'm going to insist that Cordings do it on all their coats and jackets in the window. And uh, perhaps they should do it at perhaps they should do it every department store. Everybody should do it. It's, it's such, a, such a nice gesture. Although, actually, I spoke to people yesterday who said that they weren't going to be buying poppies because they didn't, uh, didn't agree with it and said we should let the past remain in the past. I thought, well, you know, that's quite nice. But on the other hand, I'd, I'd rather kind of remember what people did. I don't think exactly know what everybody did, but you have to sort of lump them all together, don't you, in, in one one big bag, I think. Uh, 8485 hour. Towie's on tonight. OK, great. Uh, Jonathan, the wheels turned out very well, indeed. Uh, Not Cuts do have their Christmas shop open, says Alan. I was there on Sunday. I'm amazed how fast they get these, these Christmas displays in. So I went to Adrian Hall... I went to, haven't been to Knock Cuts yet, and I did go to Squires, and they've got all their Christmas stuff in. The trouble is, do you really want a Father Christmas that stands about two foot tall? Buy one, get one free. I'm not sure. I like all the lights, and I love the Christmas villages. You know, when they do these little models, and they've got, they rotate, or they do things like that. I love those. I love things like that. That, that really, if I had enough room, and I had a big loft... You know, which you could convert with a railway. I'd have literally snow-capped mountains. I'd have the little village which lit... Oh, I'd have the whole caboodle. I'd have the whole caboodle. I love stuff like that. I uh, I think it's I think it's absolutely brilliant. <laughs> Sad, isn't it? The stuff that amuses us as you get a little bit older. Not that I'm that old. Uh, lots of people saying the other day... I was reading some, some bits in the paper as I was going home about haunted houses. And I always think, whenever they say, you know, is this the most haunted pub, the most haunted bed and breakfast, I always think, you're doing it because business is rubbish. And you're trying to get people in. Because there are those people who say, ooh, could I spend the night in a haunted house? I really, I really couldn't care less, to be honest. I don't believe in anything like that. I mean, in this building, I should imagine... Because I told you, on this site, years and years ago, used to be two houses. And one of them was a doctor who used to take in dead bodies. So, you know, people used to... Because that's the only way that they could work out how things, how things sort of functioned in the body. And so that was on this site. But I'd love to clip my fingers and go back sort of 200 years or something like that. That must be absolutely fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. Um, we all got annoyed yesterday hearing about uh, Sharon Shoesmith's payment. Apparently she asked for more, according to one of the papers. According to the uh, Mail today, she asked for one and a half million. I'm sorry, I, I, I find it leaves... As a number of people have said, a rather bitter taste. Even Ed Ball said it. It does leave a taste in your mouth that somebody, you know, at the end of the day, you know, the failings of that department led to the death of a child. And you can't bring that child back. All right, so it might make it difficult for her to get a job. But frankly, I couldn't give a stuff. You know, I, I look at it as blood money. I see it absolutely terrible. And she asked for a million and a half. It just it really annoys me, I'm afraid. Uh, Nicole Scherzinger apparently is getting too much sausage at the moment, it's a story in the papers, and apparently she eats sausages. And she loves a Greg sausage roll. 
I don't know. There's a, there's, a, there's a place down at Waterloo Station. They do sausage rolls there. And I'd like to find out what the ingredients are in the middle, because I think it's sawdust. Because it certainly doesn't taste like sausage meat at all. And I reckon, because of the price they are, I reckon they're actually they're sort of cheap rubbish. Cheap rubbish. But she likes it. And um, so the baker has sent hundreds to the studios in North London to keep her satisfied. Well, how many do you think she can eat? She only eat one at a time. But... Apparently, the X Factor bosses stopped them. They insisted gifts of hot food could not be touched because of health and safety rules. Yes, I mean, absolutely. If food's sent in, you don't just sort of start handing it round like that. And also, to be honest with you, Greg's slap on the wrist for you. Couldn't you have donated it to a homeless charity? Wouldn't that have been better? As opposed to some overweight, overpaid... No, she's not overweight, but overpaid celebrity from America. Couldn't you have given it to a homeless charity? So they've sent hundreds of these things in. Apparently last night an X-Factor source said, we did have a sausage roll delivery, but it's a mystery where it ended up. However, Greg's did give us donuts, which everybody liked. Have you thought of the homeless charities? You know, they they really, there's people sitting on the street now, could just go a donut. We had donuts sent in here the other week, actually, which were quite nice. They came in from Waitrose, which I think were their version of the ones that Greg's copied from America. Which is uh, which is quite nice. I didn't have one because they looked like they were an accident just waiting to happen as far as I was concerned. <laughs> Terrible. Uh, take a ride, says Diana, uh, down to Chessington. If you like Christmas displays, half a mile past the zoo. It is the best, a veritable wonderland of glitter lights and stunning displays of glitz. They've also got a, a great cafeteria in the beautiful conservatory. Thank you for that one. Actually, there's an out near oh God, Enfield, isn't it? It's Crew Hill or something like that, where they have lots of garden centres either side of the road and people park up and wander backwards and forwards. They have loads of, loads of stuff for Christmas, which I absolutely adore. Anything, you know, I mean, I can't wait for Christmas to come round every year. I see that uh, Robson Green's marriage to a former glamour model was over in 40 seconds. The quickie divorce brought the curtain down on 12 years of marriage. Apparently, he was impossible to live with. Well, I've always thought he was great for in conversations. I've always thought he was uh, he was a bit of fun. Uh, getting out there and doing his bit for charity is uh, Lewis Hamilton. He met Slumdog Millionaires. He's an ambassador for Save the Children. I've often thought, I don't want to be mealy-mouthed about this, because I'm sure it's absolutely wonderful, but the last thing these bloody kids need is some overpaid racing driver turning up and going, hello, photo opportunity. The moment he's gone, they're back to slaving away. I don't quite see the point of it. It's like, you know, who would you last want to see if you're working on a rubbish dump in Delhi? Jerry Blumin Halliwell pitching up with a camera crew who does it for a photo opportunity and then buggers off back to this country. That really annoys me. That really annoys me. And he's done exactly the same. And these are the kids kids um, who live in, in filth. They're in Calcutta. Uh, and they're in the sweatshops. They work in the brick kilns. You want to see the kids in Egypt who have to work in the leather things, the stench is unbelievable. And what do they get? Bloody celebrities going out there. Now, as they've said here, Mega Rich Lewis said, it's been an incredible learning experience. You're patronising git. What do you mean? Incre- Where do you think? What do you think? They've just arrived here or something. They've been doing this for donkey's years. Oh, it's been an incredible learning experience. What, what learning experience is it? That there's poverty in the world, that there are kids working in sweatshops. Luckily for him, they've dressed them up for the day in their best clothes so they can have a photo opportunity taken with somebody they've never heard of. Never heard of. Um, John in Essex says, if you love little houses and little snow mountains, why don't you just move to Lilliput? I would, actually. I would, I'd be quite happy with that. I could live... I mean, have you, ever since I saw the picture the other day of that little donkey in that woman's kitchen, it was a miniature donkey, 
And I always laugh at the people who bought the miniature pigs, which turn out to be just normal-sized pigs, but they bought a piglet. They go, oh, it won't grow. <laughs> yeah, right. Next thing, the thing's eating out of house of home, and it's eaten half of your kitchen. But I always fancied little horses. Apparently in Argentina, they breed little tiny horses, but I reckon they could still give you a kick. You know, little little things like that. It's like snakes. I've got listeners who keep snakes. And I couldn't get excited about a snake. You can never get friendly with a snake. I always remember that horrible picture in the paper of the bloke who was holding his snake. And I don't know what it was, a crake or something, whatever it was. And he sort of went like that, poked his tongue out. And the snake went and clamped its fangs. So it's then anchored through his tongue. I mean, that was just the worst ever. And so you've got a picture of this bloke and the snake's fangs, you can see, coming through the other side of the tongue. And they had to sort of prize it off. Oh, that would freak. I'd die. I would absolutely die at something like that. I, I cannot get friendly. You can't get friendly. I'll tell you what are plaguing me at the moment. Wasps. They're coming to the end of their season. And uh, they're just blooming annoying. And so, talking to John the other day in, uh, in Paul Cooper's shop, there was uh, this wasp. We, we're hitting it. And, of course, wasps. I think, I think if you're frightened of wasps, you give off some sort of pheromone. I think there is something that you give off which means that they're attracted to it, which makes it even more frightening. And I hate things like that. So, I'm, I, you know, you, you can run up the shop and the blasted thing still follows you. So I, I never like anything like that at all. But the idea of keeping... You see, dogs, I think, are nice. I saw a woman the other day with a huge Alsatian, which was the hairiest Alsatian I've ever seen. And I, I think, what would be the most sensible pet to have? I couldn't think... You know, if you were going to have a pet, I think... Sometimes I think, oh, well, perhaps like a bunny rabbit... And then I think, my brother had, had rabbits, and then one went blind. Sorry, goldfish. No, you see, I've looked at the... They've got goldfish in one of the corridors we've walked through. Well, I said, but the trouble is, as you know, goldfish grow to the size of the tank they're in. So you can start them small and they get bigger. These ones, they need cleaning out on a regular basis because they, they do toilet in their own water. They don't exactly get out and sort of go and find the bathroom. They just do it where they are. And so consequently, the water's got a bit muddy and dirty. And I think, oof, okay. So goldfish, not very exciting. I bought my brother an aquarium once. We went round a garden centre and he saw an aquarium and being sort of him, eyes light up like, like saucepans. And uh, he said, oh no, I said, I'll buy you an aquarium. So we, we bought this aquarium. He takes it, he buys the fish as well without realising that you've really got to be careful with the fish because he put bigger fish in and they ate all the little fish. They must have thought it was like a McDonald's takeaway or something. And, uh, and then it took him ages to get the water right and the balance and then he found the right fish and that was that. And then I think he left it in one of his houses, because he certainly doesn't have it at the moment. So now when I buy things that I've got no room for, I have a look at them, I think, that's nice. And then I, I sort of take them down and pass them on to him. <laughs> Thinks I'm mad, I'm afraid. Van Hague's in Where is a Must at Christmas, says Ian in Harlow. Yes, yes, I agree. And uh, Kevin the Milkman says, how could Sharon Shoesmith even think of compensation. The rest of us would resign in shame. How she, how can she be so heartless? What with short sentences for his murderers, poor baby Peter's not had any justice. Makes me bloody angry. Makes me worse than that, I'm afraid. Makes me worse than that. I just can't understand how... Um, I remember, you know, when, when baby Peter died, and he certainly wasn't the first. He certainly wasn't the first, I'm afraid. And he probably won't be the last either. They'll either get murdered or something happens or they've got vile parents. You see them on the television all the time. These people trying to justify, you know, they shook a baby to death. You think, these poor little things, they never had a chance. And then you get somebody like, uh, you've got somebody like Sharon Shoesmith, who sort of, you know, wants compensation. It was, uh, it was hilarious, you know, that, that they even considered it. I'd have gone, no, get out, get out now, I'm afraid. Just dreadful, just dreadful. Um, another one saying here, uh, 
84850. Christmas lights in your car are not legal. Point, well, I'm putting them in there, so pfft, do you. I couldn't care less. I'm going to put them in anyway. They put them in lorries. Lorries drive down the motorway with Christmas lights. They've got little Christmas trees at the front, so I'm putting them in. I'm putting them in. I think that's quite a good idea, actually. In fact, the more I actually put them in, the happier I'm going to be. Steve's from the Jewellery Channel, driving in to do the early shift. He says, no, no tanzanite this no tanzanite this morning. You know how rare it is. It is very rare. It is rare. Actually, I did laugh the other day. We were talking about that fat bird who was on the Strictly Come Dancing, the old Vanessa Foltz. And uh, somebody was saying, oh, you're always so rude about her. And I thought, well, why aren't you listening to her? And the answer is, nobody is. That's why. I thought it was so funny, actually, that they wouldn't be listening to her. They'd be listening to me. And the answer is, that's why everybody is listening to this programme. Because it's quarter to five. I was life. La- Sorry, I was life. I was laugh when I kept people from the jewellery channel writing in on their way into work because I think it's hilarious. And Steve Milne normally does the uh, the roulette wheel, where he stands there and tries to look interesting as somebody else goes, "We're throwing it from number thirteen today." You know, <laughs> this wheel whizzes off. I mean, it's to- pile of old pants. Anyway, it turns out his claim to fame is he's done the sugar puffs advert, which I think is quite funny actually, Steve. But uh, we don't want any more of that rubbish tanzanite. And try not to express too much surprise when they go, it's going lower, because it generally does. He's studied performing arts, he's, uh, he's Australian, and, uh, and he's, uh, he's featured in Lord of the Rings. It's probably a joke there somewhere, I should imagine. But he's interested in corporate. Oh, God, he's interested in radio. Oh, dear. Oh, dear, we don't want anything like that this morning. But uh, he says, I've live and pre-recorded TV experience as a TV presenter. And uh, perform nude, only professionally, apparently. So oh, there you go. If you'd like to send that picture in, Steve, we'll be more than happy to put it up on the uh, on the Twitter site. But then, if you could sum up his looks and aesthetic in three words, it says here, what would it be? And his three words are fabulous, fabulous, fabulous. He says, uh, it, the, the question is, who's your ultimate style icon? I don't have any particular icon, but I'm always trying to be up to date with the latest style. You're quite right, not always succeeding. And any embarrassing on-screen moments? I should imagine most of them, don't you think? I mean, and you do what? I do a roulette wheel, and then I sell tanzanite. You know, it's... What did we find the other... We found somebody very funny the other day, Steve. We found um, a cage fighter called Graham. Was it Graham? And we, we, we thought this was the funniest thing ever. Somebody wrote in saying... I'm a cage fighter, and he also watched car crashes on YouTube. He was another one short of a picnic, I'm afraid. Quite a few sandwiches. And he was a cage fighter called Graham. We'd never heard of anything so camp in our entire life, uh, which we thought was just very funny. <laughs> very, very funny. Anyway, hope you have a, a nice shift today. I'm sure you will. Just send us a few samples over. I've got a few boys around here who'd like to, uh, like to wear some of that Tanzanite stuff. Well, yeah, you'd like to wear Tanzanite. It would actually probably go with his, with his trousers. I should imagine. Do you wear jewellery? I mean, not, not round here, not many of us wear jewellery. I mean, one of them's got uh, a watch. That's not jewellery. That's a watch. Jewellery is like a ring or something, you know, like the one through your nose. Do you have any sort of, you know, rings for any any attachment, any anything through bits of your body? No? I had a friend of mine once who started having, let's just call them piercings. I don't want to go any further. Well, I do, actually. And when I first saw him... He'd had, he'd had a couple of things in his ears. Then he got... It's like people who have tattoos. They get carried away. You look at David Beckham. I mean, the man looks so chavvy, it's embarrassing. You know, he's got them up his neck, he's got them up his arms, he's got them all over. It just... It looks horrid. Anyway, whichever, whichever way it is. And so this, this friend of mine, who I haven't seen for years now, but I bumped into him in a club, and he had... He started off with one earring, then he had ten put all the way round his ears, then he had his nose done, he had a bar through his... Um, eyebrow. He had his um, on his chest bits done as well. And then he had a chain between the two 
nipple. And uh, and then on the rest of his body, I can't begin to tell you how many... Ad- I mean, he must have taken him ages to get through customs at the airport. He must have been setting off the machine every five seconds. He had so many piercings, and he said it's an addiction. He said you get used to having them. It was the one through your nose that I didn't like, and other parts of your anatomy, which you can have done. Which, I mean, to be honest with you, I can't think of anything worse. I don't have any piercings. My mother would have freaked. If I'd gone home and had a... had a, I'd wanted at one time, I thought, perhaps I'd quite like to have a stud in my ear. And, and then I thought... My mother would have freaked out. And I couldn't have it. It seems a bit naff now, doesn't it? You, don't, you can't have them after a certain age. And as I'm beyond 32, there is no point in having anything like that. And I wouldn't have anything else pierced. And I did think about a tattoo. I thought I'd surprise people. I'd have a tattoo done, but it would be, you know, sort of hidden away. And then you'd better go, ta-da! And she'd they go, wow, I didn't know you had a tattoo. And then I thought, I don't want to go through the pain. Somebody sticking a blooming needle in your body doesn't appeal to me in the slightest, I'm afraid. So, uh I wonder if Stephen Mills got any tattoos or piercings. He probably has, actually. All these people, when they dress up for the television, he's bound to have something, isn't he? He's Australian. Uh, 84850. I watched Watchdog this week, says Andrew, and I'll never watch this rubbish again. Oh, I like it. You see, I'm, I'm a fan of Watchdog, I'm afraid. Matt Allwright's section is particularly cringeworthy. Yes. I mean, what, what, what he does, and he's, he's not particularly brilliant. I like, I, like, I like the end result, but it's the faffing around. He used to do it with that, with that um, motorcyclist bloke who got done for benefit fraud. So they kicked him off the programme. And so he'd go around and they'd go around and expose people. And I quite like that. You know, somebody sitting in a house, little old lady pretending to be little old lady, trying to expose people who are cheating her. And then Matt Allwright pops through. It's, all the, it's the cringeworthy bit at the beginning. Just get round and do the bloody thing. Don't start messing around with it. And, you know, it should be, as Andrew says, a straight consumer a programme without all the verbal garbage and the skits and the puns and everything else. Anne Robinson, he says, is an appalling inquisitor and comes across as aggressive. Well, do you know, I, I think she's actually quite good when, when she gets her teeth into something. Um, I, I think she's actually quite good. So I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of a fan. Bit of a fan. I like it because it's all scripted. Everything's scripted for her. She can't do anything off the cuff. And I like that. I think that's actually quite a nice trait. I listened to a presenter on the radio the other day. I can't tell you which station I was listening to. And they came across as so patronising. Oh, today we're going to be talking... Oh, it's horrible. It really was horrible. Nothing round here, I tell you. None, none the like of uh, anything on this station. Much, much better. Uh, fingers crossed, says Julie, you're doing the Christmas switch on in Twickenham. I'm not doing the Christmas uh, switch on in Twickenham this year. I am not doing it this year. Probably next year. Well, if they ask me next year, I don't know. Uh, somebody else said, um, have you been to the Van Hague nursery? Yes. We've, we've taken the, uh, the godchildren there. Uh, and I've been there with my brother, and I've been on the miniature railway. I like a miniature railway, which is very nice. Cheese or Marmite, Steve? Uh, both. Both. Cheese and... Not together. Although I'm told you can put Marmite on toast and then cheese on the top of it. I prefer Thousand Island dressing. I know it's a bit of a bizarre thing. Or failing that, I, I put Hellman's real mayonnaise with just about... Good God, I never know what the earth's at. Oh, it's another calendar. It's, it's a half-naked calendar. Well, in fact, it's a fully naked calendar from the lads from Warwick University who are raising money, surprisingly, for organisations fighting gay hate. It's the fifth year that they've done it. Uh, their fans have included John Barrowman and Stephen Fry. And of course, they're both gay. Of course, they're going to be going for blokes taking their clothes off. So it's the, the, the rowing hunks, they say. Interesting. I've seen, actually, that another celebrity's restaurants have gone bust. This is, uh, Jamie, is it Jamie Carragher, who's a footballer? His two restaurants have gone bust. Uh, debts of nearly 1.2 million. He was part owner of these places. And uh, 
He's owed, apparently, £102,000 as a result of the failure. Most of the debts were owed to the parent company, the Flanagan Group. The MD says we put a lot into the business. He blamed Cafe Sports England problems on too much city centre competition. Well, there just is, isn't there? I mean, the, the one thing that we have round our way, and you probably got it round your way as well, is, um, is uh, hairdressers. They're all over the place. Anybody can set up a, hair, a hairdresser. I thought I might set one up myself. Not actually cutting hair, but if I if I got the premises stuck in two chairs, you just employ a couple of girls at 250 quid a week, and they cut hair, and then you sit back and take the money in. I could be a celebrity hairdresser, couldn't I? I'm sure I could find some nice Polish girls. What if Kasia would come and work for me? She might want to come and work for me, I don't know. Interesting. Uh, finally got the hospital uh, results back, says poor old John. He's had this uh, myocardial perfusion scan or something like that, he said. The hospital had sent them to my old doctor's surgery that I moved from five years ago. Anyway, arteries all clear. I don't have angina or need stents, but he said, now I'll have to go for more tests because I'm getting pains in my chest. Actually, I felt very ill over the past three or four days. Not not 100%. Not, you know, I'm, I know when I'm firing on every cylinder, and it might sound as I'm firing on every cylinder, and believe me, I can get fired up quite easily. But I did say to a friend of mine the other day, I said, I think I might need some more stents. I've just got a feeling a hospital appointment is looming. I don't know why. Uh, 84850 uk. He took the wife uh, to Paris. It's very expensive. I've been to Paris recently. Oh, my God. And also the French. Phew, horrible people. Can't bear them. Garlic on everything. But so expensive. It is so expensive in Paris. Even a cup of coffee. We were looking at um, a burger. What did we find? It was just a roadside place. It was like 27 euros for a burger. It was so expensive. All we had, we had some uh, croque monsieur. Just ham and cheese toasted. I don't know why they just call it all this posh fancy name, you know, croque monsieur. No, it's ham and cheese toasting. We had, I think, three of those. And I think we had two portions of chips and we had some drinks. And it was not far short of £40. Whatever it was, it was, it was a blooming lot of money. A blooming lot of money. So we, we decided Paris. It's nice to go there. I do, I do like it. Young Shirley Teese has written, she says, every year we get this story about people refusing to buy poppies because it glorifies the past. It's nothing to do with glorifying the past. The British Legion was set up after World War I to help soldiers who'd been wounded in that war. It's been going ever since, and not only do they help wounded soldiers, but they offer all sorts of support. At one time they had a retirement home for soldiers and their families. Think of the number of wars and conflicts since 1945 and the number of soldiers who've been maimed for life. I know you say to somebody, tell you what, I'll give you £10,000, but I'm going to cut off both your arms and one of your legs. How do you feel about that? And you'd be going, I don't think so. The core work of the Legion is help and support. There's the famous Star and Gart home at Richmond Hill. You know, they're, they're selling it, though. They're actually taking all the people out. And uh, I spoke to somebody from there a short while ago. They're going to turn it into luxury apartments. I'm horrified, of course. Absolutely horrified. But anyway, I mean, it's, it, it is there. And, you know, you've got help for heroes. And they do do a lot. I've met Many of these boys now at, at charity events down at the Lady Rattlings. And it's heartbreaking. It is absolutely heartbreaking. You know, I defy anybody. I cry at the drop of a hat. You know me. It's terrible. But uh, she says they're a, a wonderful organisation which doesn't seek to glorify war. Instead, it helps those who fought in wars and paid the price. They've also been running social clubs, which ex-soldiers can join. Sadly, our local one in Crouch End closed down a couple of years ago due to lack of support. Muswell Hill still seems to be going strong. Buying a poppy helps all those young men who've been seriously wounded in every conflict in 20th century and continue to do so. So we're not glorifying the past when we wear a poppy. You should absolutely wear one. I mean, I'm not saying, you know, you don't have to wear one, but it's a nice thing to do. You know, we give, 
you know, in respect of those who gave the ultimate sacrifice. I don't need to explain it to 99.9% of you, because you know exactly how it works. It's terrible. I just lost lost track of the amount of bodies that were coming back and the funerals in Wooden Bassett. I mean, just absolutely terrible, really. It is terrible. Uh, Steve. I couldn't believe what I saw yesterday. A suspicious-looking woman gets on, parks the buggy with the baby in it, and went upstairs to sit down. Of course, years ago, you went upstairs, didn't you, Kelly, to have a cigarette? Can't do that with a blooming pram, can you? Have you noticed how young the mothers are getting on the buses now? And then sometimes they go, no, we've got, we've got too many on here, we can't take another pram on. Oh, room for a little one? No, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, you can get all the lights you need in Poundland Shop, says Kevin. You are joking, aren't you? He says, I know because I'm delivering these now. You get really good ones in the truck stops, but they're hugely overpriced. It's almost the law to have them in the windscreens. Lovely. He says, why will orange juice kill you? He's well, diabetic, I suppose. I haven't had orange juice for years. I love orange juice. Anything like that kind of grapefruit juice. I'm denied all these horrible things. But luckily this morning, I've got a bottle of Highland Spring. Exciting as that. And coconut water, because I love coconut water. I brought it in. I was going to give it to Chris Lowry, the weatherman. I thought, no, sod it, I'll drink it myself. <laughs> anyway, it's uh, Wednesday morning in London town. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. News at five. Kevin the Milkman says, uh, celebrity hairdresser, Steve, you could be Mr. Stevie Weavy. Love it. Love it. I think it's quite a good idea, actually. I'm thinking it's either that or a fish and chip shop. Uh, I see that Asda have slashed the price of their petrol. Uh, now down, unleaded, to 126.7 a litre. Absolutely unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. Uh, Daniel says, uh, for the switch... Are you stupid or something? I've just said I'm not switching on the lights. A bit difficult to explain to the terminally dumb. No, I can't. I can't. OK, I'm not doing it this year. You can turn up if you like, but be standing there watching the local vicar doing it, which is quite nice. Uh, Christmas lights on a Bentley, not a good look. Oh, I don't know. I think it's a very good look. <laughs> it's a very, very good look. I like the idea of Asda, but the trouble is it's... it's um, I can't use that petrol. I've got to use this this sort of posh petrol... You know, the uh, the very expensive stuff. I don't know I don't know why. I don't know why. There's some bloke here. And uh, he's one of these people. He sort of he lit up a cigarette in a in a house that uh, he 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 tried to gas himself, okay, changed his mind and lit a cigarette up and uh, blew the flat up. His name's Michael McStay, he's quite clearly an idiot of the first order. It was like, remember that woman who was on the television? And we had a situation, and I can't remember for the life of me what it, what it was, but it was to do with people stockpiling petrol. And she was transferring petrol in the kitchen. I mean, a, an idiot, an idiot who was, I mean, so far removed from, from the real world as to call her terminally stupid. And, and, then, and then turned on the gas for some reason. So she's got fumes from petrol which are flowing out because you can't see them. But if you do it through a special camera, you can see the fumes of petrol. That's why sometimes on a cold morning, you're putting petrol in, you can see this little shimmering outside the thing. That means don't, you know, light up a cigarette. So she turns on the gas in the kitchen and blows herself up. And you think, you know, you kind of deserve it, really. You kind of deserve it because, you know, nobody is that stupid except her. She was transferring it into bottles, petrol into bottles. Really, really dumb, actually. Really, really dumb. Somebody wrote to me a short... They're having a... Um, having, a, having a bit of a, a mare of a day today. Most people sort of get a bit worried because it's uh, it's very early in the morning and they're kind of thinking, I need to get up and out of bed and get myself ready because now we've got the trains back to... Look at this woman on the television. Who's she? Wearing her poppy uh, set to, what, five o'clock in the morning or something? Stupid woman. 
I get angry, I'm afraid. We got angry the other day about people wearing their poppies. It's the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month. That's what it is. And so she's got it for five o'clock in the morning. Stupid boy. But does nobody tell them or are they just dim? I get so angry. I mean, so at least most of the newsreaders, most of the newsreaders, uh, of course, I mean, the best thing to do is buy the little metal poppy and just sort of put it on properly. So it's there. Look at that. Oh, that's really annoyed me now. I'm getting so angry watching this stupid woman from Washington who doesn't know how to wear a poppy. They wear them around the world. Does poppies go around? Do they go around the world? If you, if you went through Marbella, you know, would you see people wearing poppies? I don't know. If you've got friends out there, perhaps you should, uh, perhaps you should send them. I think, which would be lovely. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Sue said, you mentioned your godchildren and Epping. Since the storm, been power cuts in Epping and Cooper's sale. No, they've not been affected in the slightest. Nope, nothing at all, I'm afraid. At the moment, my fridge and freezer is full of my daughter's food. Well, just, the only thing you have to remember is if, if the power goes off and you've got a freezer, don't open it. Leave it shut. It will stay like that. It will be fine. Got no idea when the electricity will uh, be coming back on. Well, yes, I, I read the other day. Was it six hundred thousand homes were without the electricity, and uh, many of them they're obviously trying to get round to as many people as possible and try and sort it out as quickly as possible. But if you've got food in the freezer, don't open the freezer door because it will start defrosting and you'll end up with a lot of water and a lot of mushy food that you've got to throw away. Uh, there's a millionaire's daughter here today. Why is it she's the most unattractive one I've ever seen? Her name's uh, Jessica. Jessica somebody. Jessica Kenaway. And she's got a house. Well, her parents have got a house called Escott. I suspect... Oh, it is. It's open to the public. Anyway, she had a party and people complained about the noise. They could hear it miles and miles away. So, uh, it's very interesting. I mean, the noise began at 10.30 on Saturday at this Grey 2 listed property. And, uh, and they were banging out hits by Beyonce, the Arctic Monkeys. So it was obviously quite classy. And uh, some woman from a, a, from a village around a mile from the estate said the noise travelled about three miles away. She said, we all enjoy a party, but not at that time of the blooming morning. I agree. So this, this millionaire's girl, this daughter, has had to apologise to the people. If you can hear it. I mean, it's got to be pretty bad, isn't it, if you can hear it that, that far away. Three miles away. But then, you know, in the middle of the, uh, middle of the nights, middle of the night, you have to listen to... Uh, to listen to these things, because there's nothing else going on out there in the middle of nowhere, is there? Middle of Dorset or something like that. Queen and Camilla, they get on very well together. What did I read about somebody's... Was it uh, Prince Harry's uh, little bit is, has been invited up to Sandringham for Christmas this year? Poor old Sarah Ferguson. I'm not sure if she's going or if she's not. The Queen and Camilla seem to get on well. I suppose they would, really. She's known about her for ages and ages, and she seems to do most things, the Queen, that keep everybody happy. I think it's Prince Philip who puts his foot down about various people. He never liked Sarah Ferguson. Absolutely never liked her at all. I just, she was the least popular person in the royal family, and uh, she's done her best to just irritate everybody. Which is a shame. I'm sure she's very charming and very lovely, but uh, they're just a bit of a naff family, aren't they? Her, Andrew, and the two girls. Uh, 84850. Always a nice selection of lights at not cuts, says Julie. Yeah, I love the Christmas lights, because what they do, they show them in the box and they put them on the wall in a display, and then you can, uh, you can do that. Uh, excellent. Thank you very much indeed, Neil. That says, so you may be changing the car. If the old one needs a good home, I know the chromed version that you mentioned, it's lovely. He says, you only live once. What would yours be worth? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't know if tickets are available on the door, actually. Uh, for the Magic Circle show in December. You, um, check on the website. If you go to the Magic Circle 
website, which is uh, uh, magiccircle.co.uk. Okay, uh, there should be some should be some details on there. Lovely, thank you very much indeed. What's oh, another C ticket? C ticket. How nice! I like that idea. I like that idea. We like C tickets. Thank you very much. Uh, 84850, uh, Anne Widdicombe today. Good Lord. Is she doing Panto this year? Probably. Probably somewhere. Tracy Kenny, she talks about. It's an old story. We, we did this one, seems weeks ago now. Uh, this is the woman whose benefit was withdrawn. And she gave up work 24 years ago. She's now 45 because she became allergic to shoes. I mean, she's a fat lardy. She doesn't do anything at all. She's now angry. Says she can't work because she has to walk around barefoot. And Anne Whittingham says, I do not doubt that Mrs. Kenny has a severe skin problem, but by her own admission, she can leave the house by using a mobility scooter, so she should be able to scoot to work. Over the years, she's been apparently too allergic to find gainful employment and has brought up four children, not by any means a negligible undertaking. Her husband's a scaffolder and her son's with the army in Afghanistan, so this isn't a feckless family, but she could have devised some home-based work. I saw a woman the other day, she parked in Twickenham, right next to Len Smith's. I was just coming out of the bank, and uh, she parked, and I, I thought it was unusual, I didn't see a parking permit. We have parking permits like every other place. And, um, and, and she sort of ran over the road to the charity shops. I looked on the windscreen, she only got a blasted disabled sticker on there. Quite clearly using it fraudulently. Because when they caught some people the other day on television, I mean, I, I was whooping, whooping with joy when they caught some people. And they stand there and blatantly lie, these people, because they know they're using it fraudulently. If you've got a disabled sticker, the person for whom it belongs to should be in the vehicle. You can't park and then go and collect them. You know, you can't go off and do your shopping without having them in there. They've got to be in the vehicle. This woman, had, I did look. She had nobody in the vehicle. And I felt like sort of, you know, magicking myself into a policeman's uniform, waiting until she ran back over the road and go, excuse me, whose is this, 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 this disabled sticker? Who does it belong to? And taking it away from her. Because there's so many of these people using them fraudulently. Uh, anybody having trouble, says Neil, with the LBC app? I have. He said the sound keeps going off and you have to keep restarting it. I deleted it last night and reinstalled it. All is now okay. Yes, if in doubt, something doesn't work after either it's an app or anything like that, or if you've got problems with your phone, you know, if, you, if you've downloaded some new software to the phone, the, the idea is turn the phone off, leave it a couple of minutes, turn it back on again. And that way it works perfectly. Because I, I tried that the other day because we couldn't, there was one particular app that wasn't working on the phone and now it works beautifully. I like my phone. Everybody hates my phone. I bought one of the cheaper phones, which has got the blue back. And everyone's going, ooh, don't. a friend of mine said to me the other day, so I really don't like it. I said, I really don't care. You like the colour? Of course you do. You've got trousers, that colour. You could actually match your trousers with my phone. That's about as far as it goes, let me tell you. Uh, 84850, uh, Somebody wrote to me the other day, there's a new coconut water that was coming out. And it's in, I think it's in a coconut, which has got the coconut... Uh, meat in it, whatever they call it. We don't to scrape away the inside of a coconut. And I thought, that's quite nice. And then I read this thing the other day. Do you remember that poor man whose wife made him a coconut curry? And he died because he had an allergic reaction to coconut. And I suspect that most of you have probably got an allergic reaction to something. Nina Mishkoff, years ago, went and had one of these tests where they found out she was allergic to washing powder. The washing powder that she was using in her machine, she was allergic to. But they do a test for everything. The more, you know, the more money you pay, the more things they will test you for, be it washing powder or uh, medicines or makeup, anything like that, or soap. A lot of people are allergic to, s- uh, to soap. I bump into a lot of people who are allergic to soap, mainly on the trains. It's lovely on the train at the moment. It's absolutely fantastic. 
No kids. They're all on half term. It's the quietest I've ever seen. In fact, yesterday, the train was so quiet, you could have had the whole carriage to yourself. It was absolutely wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful. I was so excited. Um, Anne Widdicombe talking... I don't know the pictures of it. Some airbrushed woman. She said it was an odd analysis that Sir Alex Ferguson made when he criticised David Beckham for being more focused on his marriage than football. For he himself has been married to the same woman for 47 years, with whom he has three children. Somehow, I don't think he's managed that by putting goals first. The very idea that Anne Widdicombe can actually sort of converse about marriage. Funny she'd ever married, isn't it? I kept thinking, I mean, would, would she make somebody a good wife? No, she wouldn't. She'd be that little bossy, short, fat woman. It would just drive you crackers, I should imagine. Drive you crackers. It'd be interesting, but still drive you crackers, I'm afraid. Not so good. Social workers in Bristol. She talks about we all all got a story about social workers, haven't we? And uh, they defied a court order requiring them to explain why a couple's children were being taken for adoption. It's unbelievable, she says, that any authority in the whole kingdom can take away children without giving an explanation. Did they not? I thought about this the other day, strangely. Did they not... In one part of the country, and I can't remember where it was, it'll come to me in a moment, they started taking away children because the social workers claimed that the children were being abused by their parents. It turns out that they weren't, but they took a lot of children away from parents because they have that power, social workers, don't they? Most of them barking mad, of course. We've seen more mistakes from social workers than anybody else in the living world, and yet still they go round and take people's children away from them. A bit like the film Philomena, only that time it was evil nuns. Quarter past five. Certainly is. It's Wednesday morning in London town as we get to uh, the end of October, just about. And then uh, November, the lights have gone up at Harrods. So that's quite nice. We've sorted out the problems with the Hogarth roundabout. God, that was a nightmare this morning and yesterday. For all of you who had to sit in that never-ending track, it was just appalling. Two lanes coming up to the Hogarth roundabout and then trying to filter. Oh, just terrible, honestly. The whole of London seems to be either roadworks or building or they're putting up this, putting up that. And have you seen the lights in Regent Street? Is it Regent Street? Those bauble things hanging down. They're not even festive looking. Very disappointing. Very disappointing. Uh, Nick Ferrari and the team, after the news at seven this morning, squatters have taken over Britain's most expensive council house to highlight inequality in the property market. Uh, Nick will be asking, do they have a point? And why has Jamie Oliver banned his kids from having mobile phones? And should there be a full inquiry into the energy market. Nick Ferrari and the team from Seven. Louisa Peacock, the Daily Telegraph's deputy woman's editor, women's editor, is going to be looking through the papers this morning. And guess what? They're all clamouring to join the WI, the Women's Institute. Ever since the Great British Bake Off, loads of people. In fact, at Bristol's Bromley Heath, uh, they had so many people who wanted to join... They had to. They nearly called in the police crowd control to help them cope. Three hundred and fifty women queued to join the WI. It's not all just about baking cakes. There's a lot more to it there. But because of the Great British Sewing Bee and everything else, you know, all of a sudden people have realised that you can join organisations as women and meet like-minded people. You can bake. You can do all these things. It's not just little old ladies doing a bit of pickle and some jam and stuff like that. It's way beyond that. It's way beyond that. And so there's uh, one woman who set up her own WI branch. She says, many women I know don't do much for themselves, but instead do a lot for their kids, families, houses and work. But this is something where they can learn more. They can learn how to make a curry. They can sort the car out. They can make cocktails. It's a great opportunity. Women do this so much better than men. If, it, if, if this was men's, it would be a gay group. But if it's women, it's OK. So they can learn how to do cooking. How do you do that? Well, I do this. My mother used to bake like lots of women of a certain age, they baked. In fact, even my friend Helena bakes. In fact, I know, actually, I know quite a lot of people who bake. But uh, 
she doesn't, she didn't weigh anything out. She had loads of cookbooks, and she would make her own versions of the recipes, but never weighed anything. I don't even think we actually had a set of scales. I don't remember it. And yet, always baked. Never ate an Indian meal. Made her own version of a, of a curry, like most British people did. It always involved banana and cucumber. I have no idea why. So you'd have this little lazy Susan in the middle of the table. Her mother would make this, this curry, which was quite nice. And it would always be chicken. I don't think we ever did anything else apart from chicken curry, because chicken was cheap. And, and then in the middle of the table, you'd have... Um, things cut up, so like a banana and cucumber and various other little bits of bits to add to it. It's very exciting. But I, I can't cook for toffee. I've never, I've never bothered. That's why Marks and Spencers and Waitrose were, in, were invented for people like me that can't cook, but I can reheat and ping. And that's about as exciting as it gets. Occasionally I will... I mean, what did I have yesterday? I had Chinese yesterday. I didn't make it. I just bought it and sort of shoved it in a pan and then sort of turned the heat up and that was that. Not very exciting at all, really, when you think about it. <laughs> but some people just adore cooking. They make cakes and things like that. And I've got friends who make... And some of them... Absolutely, my mother used to be really good at cakes. Very, very good at cakes. Uh, I'm not... Uh, as I say, I'm, I wouldn't even know where to, where to begin. I can't think of... You know, when you go out there, I think Marks and Spencers the other day were doing... What are they doing? Mince pies. Two boxes of mince pies for two quid. Well, you can't make them for that price, can you? They're making millions and millions of them, so it's, it's OK. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Ian in Luton. He says, Mr and Mrs Meerkat, a.k.a. my mum and dad, uh, tickets for your Magic Circle show have arrived. They're so looking forward to it. Oh, you'll love it. Close up, right under your noses. Oh, yes. Uh, there is an update available for the LBC app, says little Julie. So uh, go to the website, lbc.co.uk. Can you use the disabled sticker if you park in a disabled parking space if you're collecting the person with you to whom the pass was issued, said Jamie? Yes. Yes. So in other words, if, if your person is at the doctor's surgery or something like that, then you park outside the doctor's surgery, you can use the disabled badge because the, you're, you're getting them from it. What you can't do is leave them in the doctor's surgery, go off shopping and use the disabled badge for parking. That's what you can't do, I'm afraid. Um, high heels, apparently. Now, we've often had a, an issue, ladies, with high heels. Apparently, researchers in China at uh, Ningbo University have discovered that women running in high heels suffered a range of knee and hip strains, which could lead to long-term damage. Well, I mean, round here, they can't even walk in high heels. The amount of people that you see walking through Leicester Square in the early hours of the morning, holding their high heels, because they're just ridiculous. They're just absolutely ridiculous. You cannot do anything about it. You cannot walk. You, sorry, you, you cannot walk. There's a lovely um, picture in the paper today. It's, it's headlined, Ringo's Fans Reunited. And it's a car that pulled alongside Ringo Starr, and he took a picture. The band were on their first US tour, and so the Beatles drummer took this uh, this picture in 1964, and they've reunited them. They're all still alive, and here they all are from New Jersey, and they'd uh, arrived back from seeing the Beatles at JFK. What? A, how imaginative, how lovely. Uh, the ladies look very, very good. The men have aged, as indeed do all men age, I'm afraid, over time. But I do love, I do love the story of a man here, um, I'm not sure whether I agree with him, his name is Angus McDonough. <laughs> Makes him sound like a McDonald, doesn't it? But what he does is he sends letters all around the world with fake stamps on. He draws his own stamps 
and puts his own face on there, and he's got away with it for years. Many uh, have his picture in the Queen's traditional side profile, but with a comic eye patch or a weird hat on or something like that. And uh, strangely enough, they've been. He's never ever meant to evade payments. Uh, he sent the Royal Mail a, a number of cheques to cover £200 in unpaid postage, but they were all returned. He says, I've got records of everything I've ever sent. So he's offered to pay, but they've, they've sent it back. And it's strange enough, a Royal Mail spokesman said it was investigating. A spokeswoman warned, we would like to make it clear that it's a crime to create or use counterfeit stamps. Well, he's got away with it for years and he's told you. But you're still dumb enough to turn down the money that he sent you. I mean, how funny. I think that's quite clever. I think that shows great ingenuity, especially... As he he comes from Bridgewater in Somerset, he prints his designs on his own computer. He franks them himself. All stamps have a fake value of fifty cent, fifty c. His own invented currency. So he just puts fifty c on there. They're, they're, they're quite nice, and people just put them through. You'd think that the machines that sort of filter all this stuff would be able to stop it, but but they don't. They don't. And so well done to him. And he's kept. Literally, every time he's posted one, he's kept a record of every single thing. So he knows how much he owes. He sends off the, the checks, and they then send it back to him. Isn't that absolutely unbelievable? I think it's fantastic. It's nonsense to say I'm gay, says which Blue Peter presenter? It's nonsense to say I'm gay. Rumours about this person's sexuality have plagued this person for years, but now she has quashed them saying that, on the contrary, she loves men and has gone out with far too many of them. Who would that be? Which Blue Peter presenter? I'll tell you uh, after the news. I'll tell you some of the people she's been out with. She's been out with Pete Murray. She's been out with Albert Finney. Graham Nash. Uh, She had a dalliance. This will be the clue. With Peter Purvis as well on the programme, which was detailed in, in one of their books. I can't remember if it was his book or if it was her book. Yes, Oh, I'll have to tell you now. No, I'll save it for after the news. I'll save it for after the news. It's a very interesting story, actually. Very interesting. You know, because if, if people are on television and they appear not to be married... In fact, at one time, this person worked here. This person worked for LBC as well. And it is LBC you're listening to. 97.3. Uh, the time now coming up to 5... Th- Morning, everybody. 29 minutes to 6. This is the programme everybody listens to in London... Biggest audiences ever recorded this year. Thank you very much indeed. 84850stevedlbc.co.uk. D says, our curries always had apples and raisins in them. Yes, I've forgotten about the apples and raisins. I don't know why people used to... It was, it was the British version of curry. Because curry came in quite late, actually, into my life. I didn't... I was talking to Mrs Modi the other day. And uh, she said, do you like Indian food? I said, I absolutely adore it. Yeah, I really do. And my first curry, surprisingly, that I ever had would be... In Twickenham. That was the very first place I had uh, curry. A friend of mine uh, and I went over to Twickenham one evening. We were looking at sort of different things and uh, and I went, oh, let's go and have a curry. And that was the first time I'd ever had a curry. And I can't eat hot. She said, can you eat very hot curries? I said, no. I said, that's a, that's a British mentality. We're not, we're not geared for that. So I was always a korma, chicken tikka masala, pilaw rice, onion bhaji, keema naan. And then kulfi afterwards. I used to love it, actually. I love it. But I haven't had it for a little while. And the thing, the reason I can't have it for a while is because a lot of places, I know they're, they're cutting back, use ghee. It's this clarified butter, and it just sends me through the roof, I'm afraid. It affects my diabetes quite, quite badly. Uh, Mum, like yours, had two cookery books that hardly ever came out of the cupboard, but I miss her cooking all the time and never can recreate her recipes. Best Yorkshire puddings ever. Is it funny, Dee, that people have got... 
something that their mum did, which was got my mum used to make the best roast potatoes. Crispy roast potatoes. We used to have greaseproof paper in the bowl, and she did, they were the crispiest and the small. Not not big. Not big. You know, that's that's why. It was crispy roast potatoes. Absolutely fantastic. Absolutely. John says, um, I'm starting to long for fizzy drinks. No, I think if you're diabetic, you kind of give that thing up, actually. I remember once, inadvertently, having a, having a lemonade. I think it went through the roof, I'm afraid. It, it, it was so much sugar in it. It affected me badly. No, you have to, you have to sort of lose... I mean, I, I've had a Diet Coke, but you can't have it on a regular basis. I mean, I would have it only, only very, very occasionally. There's certain, certain things which you know after a while affect you badly. Somebody said, uh, after hearing you introduce Graham, the cage fighter, he said you can now add Julian Clary. Fantastic. <laughs> yes, he's right. We have more and more, more and more things. Uh, I'm allergic to uh, to grapefruit as well. Yes, I think if you're diabetic, you can't have grapefruit. There's something, the, the acidity or something like that. It's like you can't really have very much fruit. I don't have pineapple now. Grapes I don't have. There's loads of things. You could probably have an apple, but they're so boring. Aren't apples dull? God, blimey. Get less excited about eating licorice. I like licorice as well. So who is the uh, who is the Blue Peter presenter who says it's nonsense to say I'm gay? Yes, it's none other than Valerie Singleton. Uh, there was a rumour, you know, about uh, her and various other people. I mean, to be honest with you, I thought the original Blue Peter team were great. I loved it. I had no idea that two of them were actually... Uh, we're actually sort of having a little bit of a, a, a relationship. But I think she came here, and in fact, I can tell you for a fact, I know that Valerie Singleton had a hankering for a former producer who was at LBC some years ago. He was, I, I won't tell you his name. He's very, very good looking, and I think he went out with her for a while. He used to work in the LBC offices years ago. This is, this is, this is going back. This is, this is way back Gough Square days. But he would sit there. I remember the day he joined, because everybody was going, who's that? That's the new producer. He had a medallion around his neck. His shirt was slashed open to his navel. He used to wear a white shirt. He had lots of hair down to his shoulder. He looked a bit Amazonian. And all the women in the office fancied him. There, was, there, were, there were two people who vied for his attention. Valerie Singleton was one. And there was another lady who I won't mention at all because she might be listening to the programme. But I believe that they went down to a party somewhere. And he had to tell this other person that he wasn't, wasn't interested. But I'm sure he went out with Valerie Singleton. Either way, it was, it was the talk of the office at the time. <laughs> Love things like that. It was just so, so funny. But uh, now the, these rumours have plagued her for years. And all sorts of... Uh, I mean, it, it, it's, it's ridiculous. Every single friend of mine has at some time had to deny the rumour. And, of course, when you start denying it... I mean, there was, a, there was a thing, wasn't there, with One Direction? Was it Louis Tomlinson and Harry Styles? And there was a picture of them, and I think some interviewer on a television station threw it at them, and it appeared to show them kissing. And Harry Styles says, no, what they've done is they photoshopped it. He was shocked to see it to start with. Because, it, you know, you're sitting there doing an interview at One Direction, blah, blah, blah. So uh, what about you two kissing? Because, in fact, there were lots of rumours about Louis. And, I mean, it probably occurs in every single boy band, I should imagine. It occurs in every single boy band. And that's why whenever that you get a new boy band, you look at them and you go, right, which one's the gay one? In the case of Union J, the, the gay one came out very, very quickly and has just got married to his boyfriend. But in the case of One Direction, they're, they're selling a brand around the world. And probably the girl fans, I'm not sure would the girl fans be bothered about things like that? Probably not anymore. Perhaps people have grown up quite considerably over the years. Years ago, it would have been a, a bit of a handicap and they would keep it quiet, but not now. And I believe that there was one particular group who were constantly 
constantly uh, bear-baiting Louis Tomlinson about his uh, sexuality. So when this thing came out, Harry Styles said, no, that's been photoshopped. There was a person in the middle of us, and what they've done is they've airbrushed them out and put us together. That's why. That's why. So it's always very interesting, isn't it, that, that sort of people are... They always say, no smoke without fire. You know, and, and poor old Harry Styles, I mean, he doesn't, you know, he, he could get married tomorrow and people say, oh, well, you know. I mean, I can think of about ten, or, well, one, one particular Hollywood actor who's always going out with women, but people are always going, he's gay. He's gay, really, you know. And there's, there's always been these sort of rumours in the business. And you think, well, there were rumours about lots of people for ages and ages, you know, it's mainly actors, because it's very difficult. If you're an actor who's going around the world, it's, it, it, it makes it difficult. So you have to sort of come up with what they used to call beards. And a beard was a woman who'd be prepared to go out with somebody uh, for money and to pretend as if they were their girlfriend. It probably worked the other way around, actually. It probably worked for sort of women in the business. But it's, it's, but even, who's that very famous actress who uh, recently came out and... Um, Jo- is it Jodie Foster? Jodie Foster. You know, for ages, never said anything about it. And everybody knew it was like the worst kept secret in the business. And then gradually dropped a hint, I think, at the last thing, saying if it wasn't for the love of this woman, blah, 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 blah. And everybody, good Lord, she's gay. But nowadays it doesn't. I don't think people really bother about stuff like that. I think they, they just sort of think, look, nobody cares. As long as it doesn't fright, frighten the ponies, nobody worries about it. Um, 84850. That's right, the Cleveland child abuse scandal. This was too overzealous paediatricians, uh, and which resulted in children being taken from the families. The families were found innocent when the whole sorry saga was investigated. However, the children had been in care for so long, many were adopted and no longer had contact with their natural parents. We need to protect children, but use common sense and use a balanced approach, says Sue in Middlesbrough. Yes, I remember that. That was just amazing. Two paediatricians who'd completely got it wrong. Completely got it wrong. Uh, Val went, went to Cambridge the other day. She said, you should really consider trying it. It's completely chab-free. Oh, I couldn't. I'm sorry. No, I mean, it fills me. I, I feel quite ill even thinking about it, I'm afraid, Val. And uh, she says, there's a brilliant John Lewis and the wonderful Lakeland to name but two retailers who practice the Steve Allen School of Customer Service. Came across one of those pop-up Christmas shops, usually full of cheap tat, but not this time. At this particular shop called Deck the Halls. Checking my uh, receipt on leaving, I noticed the shop was indeed owned by Not Cuts, a clever diversification from the garden centre into a shopping centre. Please, please, she says, give Cambridge a second chance. I can't, well, I wish I could. I can't do it. The producer comes from there and you, you have no idea. what I mean, blue trousers, hello? Where does that come from? That's the kind of thing I'm dealing with. I mean, I've seen pictures of Cambridge. I've seen pictures, and I'm sure it looks absolutely wonderful. But, I mean, there are a lot of chaps out there. A lot of, lot of chaps. I've seen it on the news. I've seen the police trying to round them up and herd them back into the cattle wagons to sort of take them off to another another place. Howard says, getting ready for trick or treat. Is that... That's not tonight, is it? Is that tonight or is it tomorrow? Tomorrow night. Dear. Two hose pipes attached to an ice-cold water tank. As soon as I get a knock on the door, hose pipe on, I've electrified the door handle. It's so much easier. Uh, trick or treat. Zzz, Oh, that's a much better idea. Much better idea. Of course, it's great if you live in a flat. You don't need to worry about trick-or-treaters. You just totally ignore them. But if you live in a house, you're going to be getting a trick-or-treat. Um, I don't know. You have to give them a sweet or something. I don't know where it emanates from or why we do it. It stops them egging your house, doesn't it? Is it egging your house or doing doing something like that? Invited over to Sandringham. This is Prince Harry's girlfriend, Cressida Bonus. She's been welcomed into the royal family. She spent a weekend at Sandringham. And uh, she's got the royal seal of approval, but she's not royal. 
Yeah, the more they... Uh, they're, they're really going to start diluting it, aren't they? I'm afraid. Her Royal High... High Cress. You know, High... Oh, man, make it up for yourself. Uh, what else do we have in the papers for today? Yes, welcome to the firm. The Sandring. I mean, you have to learn how to behave. I mean, I, I don't know how the, how the boys greet the Queen whether they have to say your majesty or whether they just call her granny. I'm assuming they just call her granny. Uh, Lady Gargar's still uh, out on the uh, still out on the town in ridiculous shoes. I mean, she's very good for getting loads of publicity, but you can't quite work out what the talent is, can you? Kate Middleton was first spotting at Sandringham in 2003 and, of course, ended up marrying her prince. And uh, Chelsea Davy, uh, she didn't really want to join the firm because you've got to. You've got to get the seal of approval because what the royal family are doing is inviting you into a, a reasonably secret family where it's all run by courtiers. It's changed a bit over the years. We were talking... I don't know why. We were talking this morning, strange enough, about where they're buried. And uh, a lot are buried at Frogmore. Is it Frogmore or Frognall? Oh, now I can't remember which one it is. I was, Rupert and I were trying to find the place. But I think it's on the estate at Windsor. I think the Duke of Edinburgh drove past and said, Victoria's in there. And I should be in there. And, you know, the old, old wife will be in there as well. So that's, that's quite a nice idea. And I think, and also, I couldn't work out or remember where Henry VIII, not that I was there at the time, where Henry VIII was buried. And he's buried, apparently, in St George's Chapel. I must pay another visit to Windsor, actually, because you can go into Windsor. If you don't want to go in the castle, that's fine. You have to pay to go in the castle. It used to be free. You could actually go in for free. Now they charge you for going in there. You think after that stupid fire they had, because somebody wouldn't install fire alarms, we all had to pay for that. And we had Prince Andrew. I've informed her, Matt. Oh, shut up. Such a dreary person. <laughs> Such a dreary person. The first curry we had, says Michael. Oh, well, this will bring back memories for you all. A Vesta beef curry. Came out of packets, there was, and it would say beef curry, and in the packet would be reconstituted beef and this powder, and you emptied it into a pot, added some water, and you got a packet of rice with it as well, and that was cons- and you could add your apple and sultanas and other things like that. That was the first one, the Vesta. You can probably still buy the Vesta beef curries, but we've all moved on a bit now, haven't we? We've all moved on, and we can actually, you know, well, some people can actually make their own curries. Uh, Alex Ferguson's book, Fastest Seller Ever. Delia Smith, How to Cook Book Two, shifted 112,000 copies. He's shifted 115,000 copies already. Uh, Tony Blair's Journey, 92. Th- Who bought that? David Beckham, My Side, 86,000. And Paul Burrell, 77,000 copies. Paul Burrell, good lord. But uh, fastest selling non fiction work ever. Three days last week. Uh, he shifted 115,000 copies. Unbelievable, isn't it? Unbelievable. Would you have to be a football fan to read it? I suppose so. But uh, some people put him on eBay for 300 quid. Getting them signed, putting them up on eBay, and in fact even unsigned, because people couldn't get hold of the things. So he's done, uh, he's done well. But Delia Smith was very good. She was previously the fastest selling. And people used to say of Delia Smith, and they still say it now, they say um, the reason you buy Delia Smith's book is because her recipes work. Her recipes work. Uh, 84850, uh, Another one here. My, uh, my wife is type 1 diabetic since 1987 and eats pineapple with no issues. She goes on the pump next month. Very excited. Oh, God. Yes, that's, um, that's it put into the side of you, isn't it? They sort of, they just... I'm, I'm never, never too sure about that, actually. Perhaps I'll recommend that for my friend Michael. He might like that. He might, he might go for the pump for his diabetes. Yes, I'm sure Valerie Singleton, Pete Murray were an item once, says Pat. Yes. I, I'm pretty certain they were, actually. Pretty certain. Pretty certain. Uh, and somebody says, 
Uh, it's not the ghee that sends your diabetes through, it'll be the sugar that's added to the curry. No, cl- butter sends me through the roof, I'm afraid. Absolutely. It's, uh, it just, it depends what, what you've got. Different people, different things. Different people, different things. Uh, 84850, steve at Chris says, if you like Christmas, you could try King's College Carol Service in Cambridge. What is it with Cambridge this morning? And I'm not going. I'm not going to Cambridge, OK? I don't care. I don't care. I'm just not going to go to Cambridge. And actually, you can buy the King's College Carol Service because there's a old recordings of it. You can probably get it really, really cheaply, I should imagine. But uh, I think I'd probably have it on my... Uh, on my phone. I'll have to check, actually, King's College. I might just type in carols. I know I've got the Huddersfield Choral Society. I might have King's College as well. Could be very exciting. Quarter to six. Paul in Derbyshire says, King's College, Evensong, amazing. I remember Evensong. We used to sing in Evensong. I quite liked it, actually. And uh, I remember one of the children, says Peter, this is in the Cleveland child abuse case, who was on the radio, said that when the social workers interviewed him, he said he'd not been abused, that was the truth, but it wasn't a satisfactory answer to the social services, and the only answer they wanted was that he had been abused. Even the responsible adult insisted he admit he'd been abused. And uh, was there not a, a case on some Scottish islands? Yes, I mean, it's, 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 been, it's been quite dangerous over the years, but we had that horrible case the other day, didn't we, of that Iranian man who was unemployed and um, had all sorts of issues with local people. And I remember listening to somebody on the radio yesterday taking pictures of children. Apparently it's forbidden to take pictures of children. And I was listening to this conversation. This is the man who took pictures of kids who were vandalising his hanging baskets. A neighbour saw him, thought he was taking pictures of children, and so reported it to the police, who came round. As he was taken away, local people, quite clearly stupid were shouting pedo pedo at him as he was taken away. Police found no evidence because he wasn't a paedophile. He came back to his house and he was then dragged out some days later by some local yob, or as I prefer to call him, a murderer, who dragged him out there, beat him unconscious, and with the help of a friend set fire to him and he died as a result of his injuries. I hope they rot in hell. These people are too stupid. I tell you, if they had a brain cell between them, they'd be dangerous, even more dangerous. And so that's why when we had the Cleveland child abuse cases, this was two paediatricians who'd got it completely wrong. Completely wrong. Even when they were told they'd got it wrong. I remember them being so arrogant as to not admitting it. And then I think in on some Scottish island, there was again another another problem. And again, it's people. It's like social workers. So, I'm sorry, the child had 42 bruises. What did you think they came from? Oh, the mother said they just fell over. I mean, are we training these people or are they just complete and utter idiots? I mean, it is just terrible. And then there was a, a lady I heard on the radio the other day, and she said that having heard this case of this man who took the photographs, he wanted to show the police who was vandalising his hanging baskets, she had a similar case where they had a house near them and the uh, the house had scaffolding on it and children were climbing over the scaffolding. And so she wanted to take pictures of them. So her and her husband went out there at odd times and took pictures of children. Now, bearing in mind, these were also foster parents. They'd also fostered children. She said, the next thing, we've got the police knocking on the door, saying, what are you doing? And she said, we're taking pictures of these children playing because it's dangerous. And we wanted to highlight the case. And uh, they were going to go to the police with it. And the police looked at the pictures and they admitted that it was just a simple case of they were there and being well-meaning. But they said, you can't take pictures of children. 
That's why they banned... Do you not remember a short while ago, it was a subject of much debate on LBC, when the children's nativity play, you can't take pictures of your little kiddiewink playing, playing Jesus, or playing Mary, or a shepherd, or something like that, because it'll feature other children. So you can't go to swimming pools and take pictures of your kids, because there's going to be pictures of other children in there. There was a very famous newsreader, took pictures of her kiddie in the bath, sent them off to Boots and some well-meaning old busybody, called in the police thinking it was paedophilia. Some pretty ropey people out there, let me tell you. So you can't do anything. I mean, I, I'm, I was saying about a year ago, we have um, a little nursery in, in Twickenham and the kids go out as a crocodile. They're little tiny kids. They can't be any more than two or three, some of them. And they go out as a crocodile, but they're all attached to like this huge, long, it's like a yoke. You know, you put on cattle and they're all holding it and they've got it attached to them. So they're all walking along holding it or failing that, they've got a little train which holds about ten of them, and it's so pretty. And I remember saying on air, I said, you know, I must take a picture, because they look so cute. And somebody went, you can't take pictures, they're not your children. And you think, you're right, I can't take... Everything has now got this slur on it. You can't do anything without something, somebody thinking that you're going to be doing something absolutely dreadful. I just thought, and every time you see these little kids, they look so funny, because they're sitting there, they've all got their fluorescent jackets on. There's a roof on if it's a bit wet, and they go up and down the high street. I think it's hilarious. I think it's absolutely hilarious, but you can't take pictures. And that's what happened with this woman. She said, we were told by the police, you can't take pictures. So in swimming pools, you can't. I think some schools have now relaxed the taking pictures of the nativity. I'm not sure if the school are allowed to take pictures or if parents have to give permission for their child to be... For Either way, it's ridiculous. It's the school nativity play. You know, it's little kids there dressed up with a tea towel on their head. There's nothing, nothing more sinister than that. But some people read something uh, something different into it, which is which is very sad. That's a nice picture of a, an empty swimming pool in Pathos. Thank you for that. I could just dive into that, but it doesn't look very deep to me. Doesn't look very. I, I like I like a deep swimming pool. I'm afraid. So, thank you, Martin, who's obviously over there at the uh, moment. Um, apparently, the fan vaulting in King's College really need to see this. Will you shut it with Cambridge? I'm not going to Cambridge. Okay. I'm not even going... I mean, I, I wouldn't trust the car there. It could be up on bricks before you know what's going to happen. You know what they're like around there? Envy. Envy, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, if it's any help to your uh, listener craving fizzy drinks, says Paul in Manchesterford, both Tesco and Asda do a range of fruit-flavoured sugar fizzy water, which are OK for him. Dad's favourite is strawberry and vanilla. <sighs> but just the odd glass daily, not by the bucketful. Other supermarket beverages are, of course, available. Read the poppies. Am I right in remembering that one of your listeners used to send a huge pile of them abroad? Yes. Can't remember for the life of me where the next... Oh, the next bit's not for broadcast. Yes, that, that, that bit about Joan Armour trading is mentioned in this article. That's what they were linking um, Valerie Singleton with, Joan Armour trading. Because I don't know if Joan Armour trading's gay or not. I can't remember. Has she ever said anything? Or is she, is she gay? Oh, she's gay. The producer goes, she's gay. She's not from Cambridge, is she? I remember that first album. I loved it, absolutely. And uh, mysteriously went very quiet. She said, I wonder an injunction. Yes, yes. Actually, strangely enough, that other one uh, from The X Factor, you can't stop him doing anything now. So it's a story I can't tell. Well, I probably can tell you, but I can't remember what the, what the legalities of it. Uh, 84850, he said, uh, so you can't have lure packs, Steve. Well, I mean, I can have butter, but I don't have, uh, don't have butter very often. He said, sick of having your house burgled by chavs? Save money on home security. Just write the words job centre on your front door and they won't come anywhere near you. Lovely. 
Love it. I love it. I was watching Big Fat Gypsy Wedding the other night. God, it's boring. It's so dreary. But it was coming a bit closer to home. They were in Feltham, and there was a 17-year-old lad getting married to some girl. He was sort of... He was a part-time boxer come Ashfelter or something. I can't remember what it was. But at 17, he was getting married, and she turned 17, and they were getting married. And he said, I'll be able to, you know, turn her into the sort of person I want. So by the time she's older... And I thought, God, what an existence. What an existence. Very sad. Uh, 84850. Somebody says, uh, I think tonight... I'm going to treat myself to a whole crispy duck. Oh, dear. I did try eating a whole crispy duck once. You get halfway through and you can't be bothered to put the hoisin sauce on the pancake. You just eat the duck. So much easier. But it is, it is delicious, isn't it? Absolutely delicious. Do you think the Chinese eat crispy duck? I don't think so. I think it was just invented for us. And all these people as well, when you actually uh, sort of look at it, I suppose they're right. They're saying, don't have a firework display. Well, I, I adore fireworks. I've never... I mean, last year I didn't... I don't think I've done fireworks for two years running, actually, but I always used to do them at home. I, I had a firework party one year. We had about 20 people round, and that, that was quite nice. And I do like fireworks. And I do like them, but they've said they're dangerous. There will be the same advice that you give every single year this year as we gave last year and the year before, which is... I don't know why you ever give kids sparklers. You know, I think some people insist that uh, sparklers are safe. Have a look at when it's burning. It's white hot metal. White hot metal. Although Daz says, I think anybody who decides to go ahead with their own private firework display during the fire strike should be arrested and shot at dawn. Yes, I think I think the, uh, the shot, shooting at dawn, I think, is actually quite good. Uh, George, the Warburton's driver, says uh, all the shops are closing round our way in Palmer's Green and opening up as estate agents or betting shops. He says, what do you think? Should we open one and call it Broke Lads? Yes. It's funny that you're getting more... We've just got a new estate agent as well. Not that we haven't got any estate agents in Twickenham, but we've now got a new one. We've got that funny one, which has got all funny, big, bright colours in it. I can't remember. It's Foxton's, I think, or something like that. Either way, you know, you look at the people sitting in there, and they're obviously training them up at the moment to be, hello, hello, how can we help you? Hello! <laughs> which drives me mad. Absolutely drives me mad. Kevin the Milkman says, at the school where I'm chair of governors, the head teacher stands at the front of the hall before the nativity and asks if anybody minds if pictures or video is shot... So far, nobody said no. Well, I, yeah, I think that's good, actually. Paul says the best way to scare old people at Halloween, dress up as a gas bill. Yes, nobody's ever, nobody's ever dressed up as a gas bill, have they? Uh, Jane Moore's column today, always good, always good. She's talking about Roma racism. She's talking about the crying shame. This is Ruby Tando. I'm so bored with Ruby Tando. She's apparently given an interview. Darling, your five minutes is up. Go away. Stay away. For goodness sake, we don't want to hear any more of you. You're a manipulative old bag at the best of times. All this rubbish about, you know, people writing and saying this and that. Who was the one crying and playing up to Mr Hollywood? I think that was you, wasn't it? I think that was you. Anyway, we did a survey around the office. Nobody likes you. News at six coming up very shortly. It's LBC 97.3. I'm Steve Allen. It's early breakfast and it's Wednesday. It's nearly trick or treat. It's the time where you go to bed very early, pull the duvet over your head and disconnect the doorbell. It's safer that way. You know it, mate. So it is five past six. Nice to have your company. Welcome along to Wednesday morning. Uh, John in Shoreditch says, although I understand that pensions are a serious issue, how dare the fire brigade go on strike around bonfire night as paramedics should we decide to do the same on New Year's Eve? There's a time and a place not putting lives at risk. Well, they say, you see, the trouble is it's us that get affected, isn't it? When we had the lorry driver strike, you know, and they all did the go slow going up and down Park Lane. It's absolutely nothing to do with us. But we have to suffer as a result. And so, as a result of their pensions, a grievance which is nothing to do with you or I, they actually 
you know, go on strike, because it's the most impact. It'd be like the tube drivers going on strike. I remember coming into Leicester Square last New Year's Day, and because of the time I come in, it's practically in full swing, because you come in here about three o'clock in the morning. And I remember all the roads were closed around London. It was an absolute nightmare to come in. I mean, it was a nightmare. At least this year it'll be a little bit better, because it'll be, uh, it'll be a bit later coming in. But it was, I mean, literally it was terrible. We had to go all the way around the houses. Every time we went down onto the embankment, the roads were closed. Everything, we came in the bottom of Fleet Street, had to go all the way around the back of Covent. It was, a, it was really annoying. And when you get here, it was horrible. There were all sorts of ghastly people wandering about, you know, not, not even... Not even sort of, you know, worrying about trick-or-treating or anything like that. Although somebody says, I, I, you know, it's, it's quite an interesting thing, trick-or-treating, because I look forward to it every year. Last year I made 50 trick-or-treats for the children. They all went, this year I've made in excess of 60, says Helga. Well, it's probably, I, I, I don't like it. I think it's an American thing. I do like fireworks, and I'm determined to have them. But, you know, all you've got to do is follow the firework code, isn't it? Keep your fireworks in a tin, if they're, you know, if they're the big fireworks, then keep them well away from each other. We had so many one year that we, I ended up getting bored with fireworks, but I, st- I still like rockets. And they have these big things that, sh- you know, 150 repeaters, where they sort of, but they, they only last seconds, they have 58 seconds or something, which is good. Um, and, and just make sure you've got a bucket of water handy. Just in case, don't go down to a firework that didn't go off. It's all, it's all safe, you know, it's, it's all hard and fast rules that are out there, and you should be aware of them over the years, I suppose. Uh, 84850, uk, And uh, went on holiday once to a holiday camp with my girlfriend and her friend and friend's daughter. Me and the daughter were in the pool. My girlfriend was sitting around the edge with a friend taking pictures uh, of us in the pool. She was told not to take photos and made to delete the ones that she took. Yes, it's, 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 you just don't do it now. But as you heard earlier on from Kevin, they always ask at the beginning of this school nativity, we're going to be taking photos and, because parents want some recollection, don't they? They want some memory of their child doing the nativity. Either, you know, especially if you get to play Joseph and Mary, that's kind of like the biggest parts. If you're a shepherd, it's a bit naff, but I mean, sometimes people are quite happy. You know, I am, I am Joseph and this is Mary, my wife, and we want to stay here for the night. Well, you can't, you know, and then they go back and go, well, you can now, actually. Uh, 84850, uk, And so I think parents should be allowed to take them. But then it, people went through this horrible phase of going, oh, no, you're taking pictures of other people's children. Well, unfortunately, it's like going to the theatre, isn't it? And, take, you know, having a picture of all the cast or something like that. It'll be very soon you won't be to take pictures on holiday. It'll be so boring. You'll be going on holiday. Say, have you got any pictures? We're going, no. Who did I speak to the other day? I said, they went, they did something. And I said, did you take, oh, that's right. It was Clive. He went to a wedding. A friend of mine. Well, he's not really a friend. I don't know him at all. And, uh, well, he passed him twice. And, uh, and I said to him, I said, did you take any pictures at the wedding? And he said, you know, I didn't. I didn't take any pictures of this wedding. I said, oh, right. Because that's what people do, don't they? You'll have people going, excuse me, don't take, it's like whenever they're, they're filming in London, in theory, you know, if I'm caught on camera, I don't want to be on the news or something like that. I don't want to be seen walking past the back. Oh, Steve Allen. I feel like saying to him, excuse me, don't, don't film me. I was on holiday once with a famous person. Well, you know who it is. Anyway, we're on holiday and around the, the pool, there was a camera crew from Britain and they were filming. And I said, oh, look, there's so-and-so from ITN or whoever it happened to be. And so the person I was with got up. I said, what are you doing? He said, I'm just going to go and tell them I'm on holiday. I don't want to be filmed. Because they were obviously going to do a panoramic shot around the pool. So he went over and he spoke to the reporter. And he said, listen, I'm, I'm on holiday and uh, I don't want to be filmed. I thought, but it wouldn't. I, I thought that would make it more exciting. You know, the camera pans across. They go, oh, good look, there's, there's Steve Allen. 
Didn't happen like that at all, I'm afraid. Uh, 84850, somebody says those lazy firemen on strike again at bonfire night. Well, they think they've got a grievance. If you've got a grievance, you've got to make some sort of impact, and the impact you've got to make is uh, is at a time when, when you want the fire brigade there. I never understand why, only on bonfire night, do people actually have all these fires going everywhere. I mean, we, have, we haven't had a bonfire as such. When, when we were kids, we didn't have a bonfire, but I used to love going out there. You'd wait till it got really dark. And you'd go, can we go now? Can we go now? Because each each day you'd opened up your firework box and you'd sort of put them out in a line on which order you were going to set them off. You know, Mount Vesuvius, you know, Burning of Rome or whatever it happened to be. And, you, and they were only tiny in my day. They were only tiny. Now you can get socking rate big things, but they were tiny. And you put them all out and then you sort of put them back in the box and you'd shake them to see what was in there. you go, well, I think it's got stars in. And some fireworks, you'd light it, you'd go, that'd be it. That would be the end of the firework. We'd go, oh, is that it? And then I got really big fireworks. My God, they were... one year we had the Rogue Lot. It, the same company supplied Philip Schofield with his, so I felt I was in good company. But uh, ours were great, so we were all there, about 10, 12 of us, I think, and we had these rockets. But unfortunately, there was a fault in them. We didn't know at the time. So when you lit the thing, it went... <laughs> and went up, but only got halfway. And then turned round and came back down. It was hilarious. It was like the scene from Mary Poppins... On the roof with the chimney sweeps and the fireworks going off in every direction. It was like that. It was hilarious to watch. But at the same time, it was fairly dangerous. Because when these things hit the ground, uh, we, we were up sort of fairly high. They exploded. So we, we were all hiding in doorways. It was too dangerous. I don't know why we kept setting them off, actually. We should have realised after the first seven that things were not going to go as well as we thought. Uh, but people like going to organise displays. I like we, The best we ever got was at the school that, uh, that my youngest goddaughter went to. In her little village, there's this little school, and they had the best firework display I'd ever seen. In fact, I took pictures of it on my phone. They were so good. It went on for ages. We had drinks from the, from the pub, and we all stand there looking up. To it. it was really, really good. Own fireworks, says James. Better than standing on the edge of a packed common, freezing whilst the children eat expensive five-pound hot dogs and barely see a spark, let alone a firework. Yes, I mean, I, I agree. I, I agree. I mean, I like the firework, but I still maintain, I'm sorry, I, I sound like a moaning old so-and-so, that, that sparklers that you give to kids are dangerous. It's white, hot metal. You've only got, it's burning iron filings. You know, it's blooming dangerous. And so that's, that's you know, something you have to be aware of. There's no safe, we used to have indoor fireworks. You don't have indoor fireworks. Oh, that was really funny. You used to buy a big card of them, and you'd have one of them, which was a little... Um, paper thing, made out of tissue paper, and you lit the top of it, and it floated up into the air, and it had a little cap glued to the bottom of it. So when it got halfway, then went bang, like that. That was quite sweet. And you had one which was uh, a little smoking figure. You put a little cigarette in its mouth, and it puffed out. You never have those? Have, have you been out before? Have you, have you sort of, have you ever had fire? Hello, I'm, I'm describing something you've never heard of before. You've, you, you've never bought indoor fireworks? Oh. Have you bought indoor... No, is it just me? Am I facing the right way or something this morning? What's going on? I'll, I'll buy some and I'll bring them. I'll tell you where, where they do them. They do them in that... Oh, I can't think of the shop now. Hawkins Bazaar. Hawkins Bazaar do the car... I'll buy you some indoor fireworks, OK? Then you could take them home and play with them and burn your place down, which is lovely. No, they do all little ones, but the smoking little thing... Oh, just me again. 84850, steve at uk. And uh, what do we get here? Oh, yes, a lot of people talk about the fireworks. They say it's better for yourself. I know, but they do encourage you to go to a firework display. They say it's better if it's organised by somebody else. But there's just about a chance of things going wrong at an organised one as there is of doing it in your own back garden. Just as long as they don't go on all night. 
You know, when I climb into bed, I do... But, I mean, we used to get well, our torches, bucket of water. You'd sit there, you'd be cold, you'd be stamping your feet, have your Wellingtons on. We used to get very excited. I still get excited now, but I'm that kind of person. I get excited at Christmas, I get excited at... I don't get excited at Easter, strangely enough. But definitely Christmas. I mean, I, c- I could stand there staring at Christmas lights forever and a day. But I have to go to the news, so I can't. It's uh, 14 minutes past six. LBC 97.3 this is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. J. Louise has said that Joey Essex is opening a saver store in Corringham in Essex today. Only she'd know that. Only she'd know that. Joey Essex. Perhaps we should go down and throw things. I'm just, just feeling that kind of mood, I'm afraid, today. I don't know why. It's only because it's blooming cold and I put a short sleeve shirt on. And I'm, I'm feeling a bit, you know, as if I've kind of missed out. I've got a big thick coat to wear, but I'm wearing a short sleeved uh, coat. I love Jane Moore today who talks about the mother of four, who is Tracy Kenny. This is the woman ordered back to work after receiving around £100,000 in benefits from a, an allergic footwear thing. You know, she can't wear shoes and it hurts her feet, brings around a rash, all, you know, the usual sort of excuses that people come up with, even though she's got a mobility scooter. She's brought up four children. Her husband's a uh, construction kind of worker. He puts up scaffolding and stuff like that. But uh, so she's she's unable to get a job and they've evaluated her and they've said, terribly sorry, love, you know, we're taking away your benefits. Get off your fat bum and get out there. You know, go somewhere on your scooter. You know, don't walk around without shoes on the other end. Anyway, meanwhile, in the same week, writes Jane Moore, it emerged that 72-year-old Norman Croucher of Exeter has scaled more than 100 mountains despite losing his legs at the age of 19. As my old gran used to say, writes Jane Moore, there are them that does and them that don't. But why the hell should the beleaguered taxpayer be forced to pander to and fund the latter? Too many of them, Jane, as we know. Too many of them. I'm sick to death of reading stories about people who haven't worked for 24 years. Take the blasted benefits away. Thank you, Neil Wallace, as well. Very kind. Very nice. Uh, Mark. Oh, look, Mark from Angels. He says, uh, he says, I'm down at our Shaftesbury Avenue helping with the makeup for the Halloween season. The joint really is jumping. He said, uh, thought you might like to see the, uh, the latest look. A worm burrowing through... Why is this not burrowing through my nose? Oh, my God. Honestly, what is the matter with you? He said, if you come down, he said, I'll cover you in gore. This is Mark from Angels. This is the... the, Remember we did a photo shoot. They're still on the LBC website. Me in pantomime costume. Me in lots of pant... I thought they were good. You you liked them? Neither of them next door have heard of indoor fireworks. Seriously, the little Irish one. I said, said, have you heard... And he said, I've never even heard of indoor fireworks. I thought, we have heard of outdoor fireworks. Surely, by the law of averages, there must be indoor fireworks. It's like, you know, are there car fireworks? You know, bus fireworks. Where he comes from in Ireland, there probably are, I should imagine. But anyway, he's never heard of them. You imagine never... That's like never hearing... We, we discovered something... The, the producer the other day had never had a doner kebab. Never had a doner kebab. You've had a doner... Of course you've had a doner kebab. You've had those late nights in London clubs. I could, I've seen you standing by the bus stop. A little toothbrush in one hand, a little overnight bag. Spare pair of pants, usual sort of thing. And, um, and so, but never had a doner kebab. I mean, it's like saying you've never had chips. It's ridiculous, isn't it? Absolutely. Uh, other stories... Let me just quickly, because I've, I haven't got uh, too long. I'm on a restrictive licence today. And uh, matron beckons, so I, I, I shall need to go. There will be a free podcast up for you within half an hour, which is our usual... Look at the celebrity world, unfortunately, from a fairly unkind angle. 
I can't, I can't be kind about people who actively seek publicity within the pages of the paper, so it's the usual suspects today, including a few new ones, which we're a bit excited about, so that'll be up for you before seven, and then the remainder of the programme you can podcast as well. So we have a free podcast, and we have a paying podcast, and if you pay, then it's uh, about two pounds a month. You can download everything on LBC 97.3. Me, Nick, James O'Brien, although he's not here this week, it's Larry Lamb. It's nice to see, actually, Larry. I saw him the other day, and I'm going to be seeing him tomorrow. And Jay Louise, I have to share mince pies with tomorrow. But uh, being the good Essex girl, she only likes the mince pies with the old whiskey in. She likes the, she likes a bit of the old booze. So, because I brought the Heston Blumenthal ones, and they're actually particularly nice. They got a rating from Good Housekeeping magazine as the best mince pies this year. They're the spicy ones which you dust with the tangerine powder. And they, they look lovely, and they taste even better. And so, But Jay Louise is going to wait, wait for the whiskey ones tomorrow, which is great. Front of the sun this morning. It's the energy big six, the profits hidden. I think everybody's going to be smarting over this one. I, I, can't, I can't express my distaste for these people any more than I can express my distaste for Sharon Shoesmith and her £600,000. Prince Harry's girlfriend invited to Sandringham. That's quite nice. Is that an indication that there could be a, a marriage on the cards? Is this the first one of his girlfriends who's been? They're fairly... fairly uh, stickling, aren't they, over there? Prince, Prince Philip decides who goes and who doesn't. That's why they've not invited Fergie for some years. Uh, the Queen's smiling. I like the Queen. I don't care what anybody says. I'm a royalist through and through. I don't like every member of the royal family. I, think this, I, don't, I don't like Andrew and Fergie, and I don't like their, their daughters, but I seem to go with, uh, with most other people. Sometimes Charles says a few barking mad things, but, you know, that's Prince Charles for you. I like William. Harry's a bit of a loose cannon. Uh, Princess Anne, so-so. But they, they don't know anything else. But uh, the Queen... I like a lot. A full frontal assault on the uh, pensions industry will massively boost the retirement plans of millions of people, the government have claimed. Radical reforms on the high fees commission and transaction costs now routinely charged could save workers hundreds of thousands of pounds. How much savings do you have? They were saying in the paper today that some building societies are only accepting people now if they've got £50,000 to invest. And I was thinking, I wonder how many people have actually got £50,000 to invest. 84850, uk. In uh, front of the mail today, how even a married Meryl Streep fell for, <coughs> excuse me, Jack the Lad. Catherine Jenkins, who is as gorgeous in real life as she photographs. It's, she's one of the very few people you have in the studios and people deliberately walk backwards and, par- backwards and forwards past the window. Just have a look. Tomorrow, we're going to be talking to Steve Coogan about this film, Philomena. Fant- uh, really Really good film. A film which has got some great laughs in it. You know, a moment where you... A bit like E.T., where you want to stand up and clap and go, yes! And then some very, very sad bits. It's a true story. And it's it's really good. We're going to be running the interview with Steve Coogan this weekend, together with Jeremy Joseph, who's a club owner in London, but uh, a very successful club owner. The man who books all the stars that we talk about on the programme. Daily Star today. Uh, Die Ghost tells Kate you're too thin... Princess Diana, apparently. This is uh, in a, a book from Diana's former spiritual counsellor. Oh, honestly, you don't believe this old rubbish, do we? No, I don't either. Uh, the Daily Mirror, Jane Seymour's dumped fourth hubby after 20 years. I think I asked her about that when she came over last time. She's another one looks absolutely gorgeous. Gary Barlow's not-so-secret trip to Afghanistan. Gary meets the soldiers. That's the meeting of the mines. And uh, MPs meeting the energy scandal. Cowards. Say the Daily Mirror today. Telegraph on the front page. The Debs of 2013. And uh, this is at Queen Charlotte's Ball. Uh, the young ladies were only presented until 1958. I didn't even think they had uh, 
they had these at all, I'm afraid, now, these debutante balls. I suppose now it would all be sort of... They all look a little bit like my big fat gypsy wedding in some of these gowns, which I suppose is uh, it's OK if you like that kind of thing. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. I'm still getting annoyed. See, there's a woman on the television at the moment with her poppy wrong. It's not to 11 o'clock. She's got it at 2 o'clock in the afternoon or morning, depending on which way you look round it. Uh, British Justice. This is on The Independent. And Steve Coogan's still grumpy after all these years. I'm, I'm so looking forward to talking to him tomorrow. Absolutely. And uh, Metro, how the big six play the power game on your bills. And here she is. This is uh, Victoria Beckham. She's received two British Fashion Award nominations for Favourite Brand and Best Red Carpet Designer. There you go. And Dame Judi Dench, a national treasure as far as I'm concerned. Uh, she stars as Philomena in the film. Philomena. Uh, that's it for this morning. Thank you very much indeed for your emails, your texts, your uh, your good messages, your, your good messages, your goodwill messages, and things like that. It's been uh, it's been awesome, cold but awesome, and uh, I'm feeling a little bit better than it was when I started the program. So we're back again tomorrow morning from four. We should do it all over again. As I say, the free podcast coming up for you very very shortly. Nick Ferrari and the team with you at seven. Looking at the papers today, Louisa Peacock, who's the Daily Telegraph's deputy women's editor. Have a great day. I'm driving down to Brighton today. I'm doing my Good Samaritan bit. Coming up next, the morning news with Lisa Aziz.